0: Welcome to Bankless, where we explore the frontier of internet money and internet finance. This is how to get started, how to get better, and how to front run the opportunity. I'm Ryan Sean Adams. I'm here with David Hoffman, and we're here to help you become more bankless. David, standard opener to every Bankless episode, but this is not a standard Bankless episode. You are in Mm -hmm. France right now as Mm -hmm. we're recording this intro, and you just attended ETHCC. Dude, we all have FOMO. I, mm-hmm. like, I wanted to be there. I saw some of the clips coming out of this event, a uh, ton of excitement, and you have promised the antidote to mm-hmm. our FOMO. So what are we going to dive into during this podcast?
1: Yeah, so the format for this podcast is uh, going to be extremely different. Uh, Ryan, you actually won't be in the podcast because you're not at ETH CC, you know, Yeah. know, should there, sad. But, <laughs> but this is for those that uh, were not at CC, this is the podcast for you. Uh, So these are about roughly 12 to 15 minute clips of just quick interviews with some of the big names that we all know and love many previous uh, bankless podcast guests. Uh, And so I asked uh, a lot of the the familiar names, just what their ECC experience is like, and also kind of what the the state of crypto is for them. Uh, And so I talked to Vitalik, Stani, Kane. Uh, And uh, I am Gucci and and so many different people from around the ecosystem and uh, kind of uh, ask them what what is what it's been like for you, uh, the guest, the the, the ECC attendee, what the uh, what the experience is like, what uh, what uh, talks are they looking forward to, Uh, what are they up to in Paris, Uh, what after parties are they going to so if you weren't able to attend ECC, at least you have this podcast.
0: That's awesome, man. I'm I'm super excited to listen to it. So I haven't heard any of this. Uh, full mm-hmm. disclosure to to podcast listeners as we're recording this intro, but but I can't wait to listen to it. And I've got a ton of questions. But maybe mm-hmm. the the first is this for, for people not familiar with ECC, what is the ECC event? And David, is this the first real like Ethereum uh, physical gathering place event since since COVID went down? Was there like an ECC event like just prior to COVID as well? Am I recalling that correctly?
1: Yeah, that's right. ECC number three was uh, the la- basically the last event before everything shut down, and uh, unfortunately, people who went to the last ECC actually contracted COVID there, and that's that's where people realized a lot of the crypto communities, like, oh, this COVID is an actual thing. Uh, that was and, like February, March of like 2020. Yes, yes, I think March of 2020. And they try okay. and have ECC at every single uh, same time, every single year. Um, but they delayed this one for, to be a little bit further into the summer, just because they needed, you know, more time to pass for, for COVID to be a thing. So everyone's still wearing masks uh, in, in Europe. The the vaccination, the rate of vaccinations in Europe is not as fast as it is in America. So masks, at least in America, on, on the West Coast, like masks are kind of done. Um, but in, in France and Paris, masks are very much still a thing um and actually today which is today's the actual second day of ecc tomorrow is the third of three days um uh today is a more more restrictive uh you know um rules uh, across all of france uh and so yesterday you could have gotten into ecc without a vaccination card but today you actually had to go and, pr- and show your vaccination card or a negative test to get into the event uh wow. and so yeah mm, so, so the, the, you came prepared with all of that like you knew mm-hmm. all of that going in that this could yes. be necessary Yes. Well, I also needed to bring my vaccination card to even get into the country. Uh, they wouldn't have let me into France without my vaccination card. So that, that's a, a battle that, that everyone's been battling. Some people uh, who went to the the event, depending on where they're coming from, uh, had to fight even harder battles. Uh, Kane left Australia, Kane Warwick from that, very locked down else? in Australia. Yes, and so he had to like more or less like a, a petition his government to like, hey, please let me leave, no way. and yeah, and and like say like this this me leaving is going to be economically beneficial to Australia. That's why you should let me go. Uh, and and so he he's here in France, and then he also said that he's also not going to go home right afterwards. He's just going to do a little bit uh, a tour abroad. Yeah, uh, Mario Noconti, who I've been hanging out with all week, uh, is in that same, in that same boat. Uh, so he actually literally cannot go home uh, because uh, they won't let him back into, the, uh, into Argentina. Um, and so everyone's coming from all over the world, and everyone has like kind of their own game that they're playing with regards to COVID uh, and w- what, it's, what it took to get here and what it's going to take to get back home. Uh, some people just don't have plans to go home. They're just going to keep on touring around the world. I can understand why. So is this, is ETHCC
0: really an Ethereum centric conference? I think so, right? Yes. Because ETH in the name ETHCC, yes. but also mm-hmm. uh, seems to be more, more broadly DeFi. So mm-hmm. what's the overall tone of the thing? Is it more technology? Is it more applications right. like DeFi? Or is it more like, you know, base layer Ethereum stuff? Or is it all of the above?
1: yeah, it's it's specific to builders. And so all the panelists, actually there's actually not very many panelists. Uh, I actually don't think there was a single panel. It's all one one speaker giving one talk at a time, uh, and you had to apply to be a, a speaker. Um, but the the you know common denominator for all the speakers is that they are a builder. And the, what's unique about uh, this particular Eats TC event, um, and I haven't been to any other ECC event, so I'm just kind of going by word of mouth here, is that you know, the, what the definition for builder is has really expanded in this particular ECC event. Um, last TC and e- TC is a really hard thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> just say CC. I don't know. CC. Yeah. Um, the the last EC event, um, uh, there wasn't really this NFT mania or, or blossoming ecosystem, and there's there was a lot less like non. DeFi um you know, platforms right and so th- this particular ecc there's a lot more uh, surface area for builders to be builders and so now we aren't when we say builders we're not just talking about um just people who can code but we're talking about people who are content creators like cooper turley uh we uh, i interviewed cooper turley and he's big in the creator economy and so i got his take about what it's like to be at ecc and he gave his own talk and he doesn't code He's, he's part of the creator world. Uh, and he's so going to be uh, in this episode too? He's in this episode, yeah. How uh, many people did you get in this episode, dude? Uh, nine? Wow. Nine? Sh- should I list them off? Uh, you can, if you can remember them. Yeah. So of course I got Vitalik. i had 15 minutes with Vitalik first bankless podcast with Vitalik in real life. So that was pretty cool. Like I said, Cooper Turley, uh, also Jerome, the guy who actually organized and organized ECC number four, and also ECC numbers one through three. So every single one, that was a really interesting perspective. Uh, Kane Warwick, Stani from Ave, Aya Miyaguchi um, from the ETH Foundation, who speaks really, really softly. So I really had to bump up her audio. Uh, Simona Pop. Uh, and then also Jordy from, from Hermes Network, uh, and then uh, also oh, and um, uh, Joseph DeLong from Sushi, and Sushi had a really big announcement here at ECCS. Uh, so those are those are all the people uh, that I interviewed, and those are who are the people that you are all going to hear from.
0: Okay, so aggregate this for us, David. Like, what's the overall uh, feeling or or vibe? I guess the last ECC event was pre-COVID, but it was also pre-Bull Run. Remember, mm-hmm. like March 2020. Uh, ETH and Bitcoin were just starting a, a mm-hmm. like minor ascent, uh, but of course, I don't know, we were still in the 200s, 300s, right. and then COVID totally smashed all of that. Yeah. Um, now here we are. I guess we've had sort of a bull run, but mm-hmm. we're in uh, crab market, doldrums, mm-hmm. ETH price mm-hmm. below, 2K as right. we're recording this. But what was the overall feeling or, or vibe that you felt from this conference?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yesterday, ETH really d- dipped below to a new low at seventeen fifty, uh, and then today it's kind of risen up to nineteen hundred. And the only reason why I'm talking about price right now is that I have not had one price conversation at ETH wow. DC. No one is talking about price <laughs> no one cares. at all, right? No one cares. No one cares. And like, granted, it's, it's largely because we've still had like a big run up. Uh, you know, it, it's still very much higher than where we were a year ago, like you've said. Um, but this has not been a price. Uh, conversation uh, at at all Um, that's including at the conference and at the like peripheral events that I've been going to as well prices not not a topic of conversation not in the slightest so what is the vibe what is the topic Mm -hmm. of conversation well, there's so many different tracks. Um, and so, so there's like the NFT track, there's the DeFi track, there's the, the non-financial UK use cases of Ethereum track. Um, the vibe, I think I would say, is, well, there's, there's a ton of energy, first off. Everyone is really stoked to be there. Uh, and everyone's just really chatty. There's, there's uh, like many different rooms. Uh, for all the different like conference or panels and, and workshops and, and talks and so people are going to the talks that they are like really intrinsically interested in as in like th- this is, is my like thing that I care about so I'm going to go to this talk, but other than that people are out in the halls They're they're chatting with other people there's booths kind of spread around um, and there's a big like congregation room. Uh, and so people are more just hanging out in, in the, in the overall community. And then, and then there's also like an outside area with a a nice big tree with a lot of shade. So people are sitting under the tree, people are talking uh, as you would expect. Uh, and, and, and the, the energy is, is absolutely fantastic. I would, I would say the overall ambiance is that, like I said, this is like a builder focused, um, event where builder is now kind of more expansively, not just, not just coders, but just people who create, uh, and People, I feel like we all know that there's still so much work to be done. Like everyone has like their builder hat on uh, and everyone is talking about like uh, so many brand new projects that I have never heard of uh, are, are at this event. And you know, people are wearing t-shirts, you know, like you know, repping their, their, their project or their company and a lot of new projects and companies that I've never seen before. Um, so I would say that the vibe is definitely like, we're all here to build and talk about building and, and also talk about like all the new directions that Ethereum has taken in the last year since the last ETHCC event. Uh, and, and we all want to kind of powwow and, you know, communicate what we're all up to because we're all builders here. Yeah, I mean, it,
0: it, it seems like since the last ETH conference in person, there, there have been so many catalyzing events like, you know, NFTs really came out and, and were a big thing. David, there was a, a raise this week of OpenSea, the first mm-hmm. NFT unicorn, like 1.5 billion, billion with a B, mm-hmm. absolutely insane success there. And now the Ethereum community has layer two. Actually, humming. So, Optimism and Uniswap uh, just went live with the first layer two solution of a flagship DeFi application on a rollup, I should say, uh, not the layer two solution generally, but on a rollup. Super exciting. So, rollups are here. We also have EIP 1559. We mm-hmm. have ETH2 that's shipped with staking for over six months. That's gone very well. A lot of positive catalysts ahead was that some of the enthusiasm that was felt? I guess that's why the conversation was so varied. It wasn't, you know, right. we're, we're trying to solve this one particular problem. It's because a lot of the problems are being solved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like the Ethereum community has sort of spread out in so many different directions. There's so many different avenues that are being pursued mutually at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, was the feeling was there a feeling of kind of enthusiasm about all of this progress or what were some of the main I guess topics of conversation right. when you're having those conversations with people
1: I, I would actually say uh, ether as a topic of conversation including like EIP 1559 in the merge that also hasn't kind of in the same way prices has, hasn't been a topic of conversation ether really hasn't been a topic of conversation either um, uh, and there's there's definitely like a layer two track, so there's a lot of layer two uh, talks as, as well. But also, people I think were really a, a lot of the builders in the space have kind of considered L two as like you know we've checked that box actually that like that's done now. Uh, like so it's done. Actually, yeah,
0: like it, we, we, it, we. How got about it. scalability more broadly?
1: Yeah, scalability. Yes, overall. And so here's yeah, here's where I was going is is. Uh, uh, Scale like L2's optimism, like Hermes Network is here with, with ZK rollups, and Z- Hermes Network is about to implement their, their own version of the EVM on Hermes Network. So we got smart contracts on ZK rollups, not just on optimistic rollups. And and so while those are definitely topics of conversations because everyone's really excited about this brand new thing that we have about uh I have on, on Ethereum. People are looking towards different directions now. Uh, so, like privacy is a big conversation, and uh, uh, other applications of zero knowledge, uh, zero knowledge rollups. I saw there was a booth with the um, the dark forest game, which is a, a game based off of zero knowledge cryptography. Uh, and and so people are, and so gaming is actually a really big topic of, of conversation as well. Uh, and so. Uh, d- definitely a lot of talk about L2, but now people are starting to look beyond the horizons because now, now L2 is right in front of us. And so there's a lot of conversations about you know, what's next, what's after we have scalability because l- largely scalability is a solved problem. We just kind of need the things to roll out. That's incredible. How about ETH
0: 2.0? Any conversation about the merge or what's going to happen in the future of sort of the, the base
1: layer protocol? Um, again, like not, not a lot of talk about proof of stake in the merge. It's, it, it was really an, an application layer conference, I would say, not an Ethereum protocol conference. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's really projects that are trying to like, you know, market themselves and also like teach the, the rest of the community what they're up to and, and what they're doing. Um, not, not a whole lot of uh, protocol level stuff, so except, David, except, I, for, except for like cryptography. There's definitely a cryptography element as well.
0: I know um, you went to uh, Bitcoin Miami just a few mm-hmm. months prior. So contrast Bitcoin Miami oh my with EthCC. What like I and I I, I get that they're different conferences. Like EthCC is more you know, tied to, to builders, but they are both, I guess, uh, conferences run by their respective communities. What are some right. of the contrast points or similarities?
1: Oh my gosh, there's there's so much. There's so much. Um, and granted, I only went to the Bitcoin conference for about a couple hours, but, uh, before I left and started doing like some of the Ethereum peripheral stuff. Um, but first off, ETC uh, it, it, the tickets for ECC were three hundred dollars. And one of the um, one of the ethos of the event, when I was talking to uh, Jerome, who organizes ECCs, it, it, it wants to be accessible and and you know viable for a broad community of people to attend it. You know, we we in Ethereum like to lower barriers, and but also in Ethereum we understand that there are economic costs to things like the economic cost of ETC was roughly $400,000. Uh, and so that got funded by you know, $300 tickets or also sponsoring the events. Uh, so that's kind of how they, they made that. In stark contrast to like the 1,000 or 2,000, depending on when you bought your Bitcoin Miami tickets, it cost you minimum $1,000 and up to $2,000 if you bought them, I think, within a month of the event. Uh, and so Bitcoin uh, 2021 was definitely like profit maximization and ETC is definitely like, okay, we paid the bills. Right, like, uh, and so that, that is, a, is a stark contrast as well. Um, also, with Bitcoin 2021, there were, I think, like three basically main, main stages that, that uh, people were talking on. But with ETHCC, there's one main stage, but I think there's like eight or nine like peripheral rooms going on. Uh, and so if you, you actually might have been caught in a rock and a hard place between going to two talks that were happening at the same time. And if you wanted to attend both, you had to pick one. Uh, because there were so many things were happening in parallel. Uh, and, you know, that was also true at, at Bitcoin 2021. But there was again, there's only three stages, and three stages with like, like 1000s of chairs in each one, whereas like ECC is like, you know, eight to nine smaller rooms, some of them have like, you know, only 50 chairs to maybe a couple 100 chairs. And then the main event had maybe a 1000 chairs. Um, also, there were only 500 tickets sold. So, you know, uh, you know, COVID had to bring down the total number of, of people at the event. Um, wasn't too crowded. Also, Bitcoin 2021, definitely oversubscribed. Way too many people were going there. Uh, and it was also in Miami, which was, you know, they in Miami, never people never put masks on in the first place. And France and Europe, you know, much more like conscious about COVID and careful about COVID than I would say um, and I would say about Miami and Bitcoiners at large. Uh, and so, you know, ma- masks on inside of the buildings, no matter what. And uh, even th- some of the workers there would like have to say like, hey, like, can you put your mask back on, please? Um, and so that's that was a little bit of, of the vibe there. Um, a bit more price and, talk, I assume. <laughs> and way more price talk at Bitcoin. Yeah, at Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh uh-huh. Even though even at Bitcoin in 2021, like prices were, had definitely started to dip by then. Um, And more panels at Bitcoin 2021 as well. And and overall, like Bitcoin 2021, not a builder's conference because what are you building on Bitcoin, right? Like people are talking about research and development with like core fundamental like functioning of the Ethereum blockchain, right? Whereas Bitcoin 2021, like like I say, Bitcoin is not a place for builders therefore the builders have migrated into the social layer so bitcoin is building on the social layer and that's why you that's where you saw like toxic mask uh, maximalism as a conference topic for bitcoin 2021 uh you did not I, as you could guess you did not see that or topic even was at interesting ECC. Is like,
0: it's like celebrities, right? Like Floyd mm-hmm. Mayweather, right? S- right? Seeping Bitcoin into the, the wider mainstream right. culture. Or the big news coming out of that was El Salvador adoption, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like not actually building. It's like we already have this thing called Bitcoin. It's kind of right. finished. Yeah, we're doing lightning, mm-hmm. a few other things. But now it's about seeping this into mainstream acceptance mm-hmm. and, and adoption. It's got to have a completely different vibe than right. uh, Ethereum and its life cycle.
1: Totally, the biggest uh, celebrity there at ECC was Vitalik, right? Yeah, like he he's the only one just that had guy. a little bit of a little bit of a posse. Right. Uh, every and then and then you kind of had the others, you Wait, know. Does celebrities Vitalik have a posse. Uh, well, there was also we'll we'll get to this topic, but there was also a documentary being filmed at ECC, and so Ooh. there were there was uh, some people with uh, you know decent production uh, cameras, like following Vitalik around, kind of getting some B roll of of him just you know chit chatting with with the you know, conference goers. And so like there was a little bit of like, you know, posse there. and then, and then the other celebrity aspect was just the other builders. Like everyone knows Mariano Conti. He's like he, pretty tall, so he stands out. And he, he's also public. And, you know, he, he writes really good smart contracts and writes them for a lot of different com, uh, communities. And so everyone knows and loves Mariano. And so, you know, having him around, like everyone give, giving him high fives. And then, you know, you had, you had Kane and Stani. And, and so th- those were our celebrities. They're like the DeFi builders. Uh, and, and so, like, did I, I know did anyone know David Hoffman and Bankless? The the shirt really helped, you know. <laughs> the <laughs> shirt helped me stand out. Uh, but no, everyone. It, it was hard to like walk more than just like a couple hundred feet without someone saying like, "Hey, man, I love Bankless. I like I love what you guys do." And and I'm decently like introverted. Uh, actually, why podcast actually works well. With I me. find that hard to believe. I know we've yeah. never met
0: in person, David Hoffman. Mm-hmm. But like, I find it hard to believe that you're introverted. But I know you've told me that you claim that.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. So like coming to a, a, an event where people already kind of like know me because I'm a YouTuber, like people know my face. It actually is really helpful. It's like, I don't actually have to like explain No, don't who introduce I am. yourself. You don't, <laughs> I don't have to wear
0: the name. Hello, my name is David. Name tag.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I still introduce myself because I don't want to like assume and, and be like overly cocky, but like, yeah, it, it's really helpful. Just like, oh yeah. Like you've, you've listened to Bankless. Like, you know, we, I don't have to talk too much about that.
0: <laughs> well, it's funny because I'm sure if they've listened to Bankless, they probably Mm-hmm. Um, listened you and i ramble for like hours right so right they feel like they kind of already know david hoffman right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's an advantage when you're attending a conference i suppose well th- tell me more about this uh this documentary so is this mm-hmm. the documentary that was recently funded on the mirror yes. protocol made like two million dollars in funding yep. community funding mm-hmm. and it's
1: going to be an
0: ethereum specific documentary what's the scoop yep. here
1: yeah, so the title is Ethereum the Infinite Garden, which is a fantastic name. Uh, and then the, really the word infinite talks about iterative games uh, and versus, um, and this is a, a game theory uh, reference where you have um, one-off games where you just play one match or you have games that are recursive and you have you know, they're iterative. You play match after match after match. And in one-off games, you are in competition with your opponent. But with iterative games, you need to work with your opponent to come together so you guys can survive in the long term. That's like the, that's the, and so that's the reference of the infinite garden, uh, a, a garden of growth, uh, the new things being born out of this iterative garden of cooperation. I- Guar- cooperation. Garden of cooperation. That's great. That's great. Yeah, it's a great, uh, great uh, reference. So I love the title. Uh, and so um, I, I met with the, uh, the, the producers there, and, and so they actually filmed me interviewing uh some of the some of the key defi members right and vitalik included right and so i had my like dinky little like macbook laptop like recording (laughs) like kind of hacky like recording on zoom and so i was just the only person in my one zoom room and the and zoom was recording me talking to vitalik with my microphone and then we had like this big big camera like walking around us while they were while they were (laughs) recording us and so if you guys are listening onto the podcast you can go to the youtube video and and check that out um and so they were recorded me talking to to uh, vitalik They also recorded me talking to Jerome the the coordinator of of ECC and then also Aya Miyaguchi of the of the EF. Uh, and so there's our, some bankless content being recorded being recorded by the <laughs> the uh, the actual documentary and, and Ryan uh, when I when I met the uh, director she said like oh yeah uh, you we want to talk to you and Ryan and so I haven't had what? that conversation yet but uh, apparently they want to they want to talk to us with like cameras and stuff I, I would assume I could only oh, assume <laughs> yeah, I guess
0: it's a documentary
1: yeah that's crazy man well, here's, so-, uh, so if they do want to film us Ryan here's what I think we should do I think exactly. they should film the a should meeting be. in person for the first time. The first meeting in person.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just for the wow. documentary.
0: <laughs> wow, just for the documentary. You know what? Mm-hmm. That, w- that would actually uh, make it pretty epic and, and definitely a good story. We should, we should do that if they mm-hmm. want to. Documentary it, people if it, if are listening. Wait, when mm-hmm. does this documentary come out?
1: Uh, I mean, they're still filming it, right? Uh, so I don't know too much of the agenda or itinerary. I would imagine just like Ethereum, it would change as, as yeah. needed. Uh, So they're, they're kind of just, they're trying to fill They're just making content right now, filming content. uh, And then they'll actually like edit it and turn it into something. But I would expect not definitely not this year. Uh, Maybe if we're lucky in 2022, I think. Um, But I don't know what it's like to produce a movie. I only yeah. produce YouTube videos. <laughs> That's right. On Zoom, you know. On <laughs> Zoom. Simple, simple
0: recording equipment uh, that goes behind the scenes. I guess they'll get a taste if they if they watch the YouTube, or if they mm-hmm. watch the documentary as to behind the mm-hmm. scenes of, of how a bankless interview works. Um, mm-hmm. David, what else you want to tell us about ECC? Is there anything else?
1: Yeah, so uh, today, like I said, is day two of three days of ECC. I'm here until Sunday. This is actually my first time in Europe, kind of a, a Europe noob. Um, but tonight is french uh, absolutely terrible (laughs) so (laughs) i i know a half decent amount of spanish enough to get by and so when i came to france i i I came to france i was like okay i can't speak english they don't speak english here what other languages do i know i'll also start speaking spanish like oh no no that also doesn't work (laughs) no um there's a there's a decent amount of english speakers here where, where i've been able to get by i actually haven't been able to do too many france things um just because i've been all ethereum focused but after tomorrow I think I might just like straight up turn off like crypto mode and go straight into like French. Totally French shit. Don't check yeah. any
0: prices. Don't worry about, yep. I got everything right. covered in the bank list stuff. Just go right. enjoy Paris, my friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the
1: event that everyone is talking about is tonight, which is Rave. Uh, and I, I talked to Tani about this. Yeah. So Ave is throwing a rave and they're calling it Rave. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, and so uh, I, I talked to Sonny about that because I also talked to Sonny about um, Ave Pro, which has now been rebranded to Ave Arc, to something something different. Fun fact, uh, and, and this so this is their institutional Ave exactly. edition, mm-hmm. right? Something that Compound right. did recently. Mm-hmm. But it, but it's cool that Aave is also throwing a rave or, or rave, uh, but they're also throwing uh, or generating like an institutional level. At DeFi app, and so Ave <laughs> Ave's got Ave the the app for the retails, you know the the apes like you and me, and then it's also got Ave Arc for the institutions, and now it's got Rave the Rave for the party scene, right? And I would man. imagine that like this is not going to be the last time that Ave throws a, a dope party, uh, and so they're doing it all, man. And so that, that I asked Stoney that question is like Ave's just growing tentacles into like all different spheres. Of, of Ethereum and, and Stani's right on board with us, man, about like, yo, this isn't just like financial applications. This is like community and culture. Uh, and, and one of the, the big takeaways I had from my conversation from Stani is he talked about how, with the, there's so much new surface area uh, in Ethereum lately, and there's so many new tracks to talk about at ECC. We are no longer talking about like just coding or now just finance, but also NFTs and culture and, and you know, more broader applications. And so he's calling like all the attendees of ECC a society, not just like a society. A, a society. That's fascinating. Or maybe a nation.
0: Is Nation, tip for this? Right? Mm-hmm. What, what's so interesting about this, David, is do, do you remember there was a time where we could like count the number of DeFi applications projects right. on our hand, right? Mm-hmm. We knew all the founders, we knew everyone. Right. Every time, every year that goes by, it feels like we have less and less, there, there's just too so much more to keep track of. And now it's like. It's even, it's impossible to keep track of everything in DeFi plus NFTs, you know, plus like layer two, plus all of these other areas that like identity Ethereum is investing at the same time. It's almost like the internet, right? Mm -hmm. Like the very early days of the internet, there were just like a few websites. You kind of knew the main ones. Now go try to keep track of everything that's happening on the internet in parallel. That's what is happening with Ethereum. It is becoming a digital society of, of crypto natives. Super Mm -hmm. cool to see that, man. Absolutely, I don't have
1: anything else to add, Ryan. I think we should just go right into the interviews.
0: That's great, let's do it. Guys, we are going to cut right into these exciting interviews. I can't wait to hear them myself. But before we do, we want to thank the sponsors that made this episode possible.
1: Living a bankless life requires taking control of your own private keys, not your keys, not your crypto. That's why so many in the bankless nation already have their Ledger hardware wallets, which makes proper private key management a breeze. But the Ledger ecosystem is more than just a secure hardware wallet. Ledger is the combination of the Ledger hardware wallet and the Ledger Live app. And if you're used to seeing all of your crypto services and favorite dApps all in one place, Ledger is where you want to be. Not only does Ledger let you buy crypto assets straight from the app, but it also hooks into decentralized exchange aggregators like Paraswap, which makes sure that you are getting the best prices on your trades without your assets ever leaving your control. DeFi never stops growing and the Ledger Live app grows alongside with it. So click the link in the show notes to see all the DeFi apps that Ledger Live has and stay tuned as more and more apps come online. And if you don't have a Ledger hardware wallet, what are you even waiting for? Go to ledger.com, grab your Ledger, download Ledger Live, and get all of your dApps all in one place. Arbitrum is an Ethereum scaling solution that is going to completely change how we use DeFi. If you've been using Ethereum for the past 12 months, you've probably noticed the high gas fees and the slow confirmation times that have been plaguing DeFi. Too many people want to use Ethereum, and it doesn't have enough capacity for all of us. That's where Arbitrum comes in. Arbitrum is a layer two to Ethereum, which means Arbitrum can increase Ethereum's throughput by orders of magnitude at a fraction of the cost of what we are used to paying. When interacting with Arbitrum, you can get the performance of a centralized exchange while tapping into Ethereum's level of security and decentralization. This is why people are calling this Ethereum's broadband moment, where we get to add performance onto decentralization and security. If you're a developer and you want to save on gas costs and make an overall better experience for your users, go to developer.offchainlabs.com to get started building on Arbitrum. If you're a user, keep an eye out for your favorite DeFi apps building on Arbitrum. Arbitrum has been working with over 300 teams, including Ethereum's top infrastructure projects, and will be opening up to all users shortly. There are so many apps coming online to Arbitrum, so you may want to pack your bags in preparation for the great migration to the Arbitrum Layer 2. To keep up to speed with Arbitrum, follow them on Twitter at Arbitrum and join their Discord. All right, everyone, I'm here with none other than Vitalik Buterin on the second day of ETHCC, the first major Ethereum event after COVID. Vitalik, what's it like to be at ETHCC?
3: It's It's good to see people again. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I saw the, some people for the last one and a half years, but definitely far fewer than I'm normally used to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and it's always just good to see the little lovely and friendly ethereum community in person mm-hmm.
1: hmm. and what about the ethcc number 4 are you particularly ac- excited about and also how have you seen this particular ethereum event be different than the other ones that you've been to in the past
3: hmm i th- I, mean, I guess it feels it feels like the yeah, ecosystem is just like slowly and steadily maturing mm-hmm. like I, I don't think there's necessarily like what a sort of zero to one sea change um, happening, but I think that's a good thing, right? Like I think uh, the ecosystem has already for quite a while now, just been on this sort of very good forward course and uh, the projects keep getting better. The kind of bar of uh, stuff that people uh, actually talk about at the at the presentations uh, just uh, keeps getting higher and things uh, keep getting more interesting. So I think, uh, you know, things in the ecosystem just uh, keep uh, improving and it's uh, uh, as
1: obvious uh, here as I yeah, as I was hoping mm-hmm. hmm. there's a bunch of different tracks for ETH CC a bunch of different like lines of topics uh, what's what's new th- uh, that you are interested in and, and w- are there any talks out there that you're particularly excited to listen into or any talks that you enjoyed yesterday
3: hmm let's see there there was just like a scattering of a lot of different uh and interesting things, right? Like there was, uh, was there the there was the presentation on proof of humanity yesterday. There was uh, Carl talking about retroactive funding with his usual lovely Carly presentation style. Um, there were there was that interesting presentation earlier in the morning, like talking about um, cryptocurrency monetary policy and how <laughs> cryptocurrency mo- monetary policies could be used to incentivize different things. So you know, just uh, a lot of different. Uh, Discussion from different people on a lot of different topics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: One theme that I've noticed is that we, in previous Ethereum events, we had, uh, you know, topics and conversations about possible products or possible future things. And at, what, one thing I've noticed at this particular ECC is we have people talking about their next products, not their first products. Have you noticed any, anything like this as well? Mm.
3: That's definitely true. And then the other thing that's true, of course, is that people not just talking about their next products, but people talking about their existing products, mm-hmm. right? There's just so much fun existing stuff to talk about, right? Like in all the previous um, events, even all the previous online events, like uh, Optimism like mm-hmm. and Arbitrum were uh, future products. And mm-hmm. now, you know, Optimism and Arbitrum both have uh, live uh, versions on mainnet of some kind, like Uniswap just uh, launched on Optimism about a week ago. Um, so no, the future is already here. It's just not yeah, evenly distributed, I think, mm-hmm. is uh, the phrase. And yeah, I mean, I'll ex- I expect, uh, you know, the future, the, the future that's already here to just keep on getting even a future year over time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm.
1: Vitalik, Ethereum is, is six years old and we've been having six years of conferences. And I, I, I'm a big fan of ETH Denver. That, those were my first Ethereum events. And this is my first ETH CC event. And the, the community is so vibrant and there's so much energy here. As as one of the 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 biggest creator of Ethereum, do you ever just sit and reflect on the magnitude of, of what you've created? You've you've made people fly around the world to come to France to go to Denver. How, how how do you how do you just think about the magnitude of the thing that you've created? Oh, I mean the, the Ethereum ecosystem is
3: definitely much bigger than I was expecting it would end up being when I first started in twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen. So it's definitely a very strange and very unexpected journey but yeah, i'm uh, i'm happy with what came out i think uh, there's just so much uh, stuff that's uh, happening now i mean both at the conference and everyone who uh, who wasn't able to make it this time around but uh, hopefully we'll be at defcon when it happens um it will uh, be just like so much many fascinating and like interesting things, you know, not just being, being like talked about in the future, but actually just starting to run. I think it's amazing.
1: Vitalik, in the six long years that we've had Ethereum, how has the Ethereum community and, and the builders on Ethereum, how have they exceeded your expectations as to what you might've predicted back in 2015?
3: Mm, um, I mean, the quality of the tech of the yeah, technology are just the kinds of things that people figured out would be possible to do with technology is super impressive. Right, like even zk snarks, for example. Right, like that was still, you know, we called that moon math back in the old days. Right, <laughs> and uh, now I guess uh, while well, we're, I guess on the moon, and uh, <laughs> what next? I mean, well, there's. Mars math, I guess. What is that? Is that like obfuscation or something? Mm-hmm. But no, moon math is just like, hey, what? You just like do some stuff with polynomials, and like everyone knows what those are. And uh, you, know, you, you if you if you want scalability, you just make proofs out of them, right? And and that's just like one example out of many. Um, so just the um, uh. I, the kinds of tools that people have come up with that we could work with is um a lot, and also the kind of uh, co- collaboration that led to those things being possible, right? Like uh, even, like zk Starks, like that involved a collaboration between you know academics, um, Ethereum people, um, other other kinds of uh, mathematicians, uh, software developers, and just, um all the various people at the companies that actually made it happen. A lot of uh, kind of cross-institutional, uh, uh, you know, cross country, cross-world collaboration happening. Um, so it's uh, like that aspect of things I think is uh, really great as well. And then obviously even beyond ZK Starks, so like we've just been seeing all of the rise of these uh, Ethereum applications that just all talk to each other. I, uh, I don't think I was actually even expecting the yeah, applications talking to each other part in uh, 2014 at all. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about it as more like individual kind of super power, you know, super powerful, uh, I guess, uh, decentralized automatons. But no, no, the, uh, the automaton isn't any one of the things. It's like all the things. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: What about the Ethereum community uh, do you think we could really work on? Or, or what is uh, what needs more attention that you think the uh, Ethereum community should should point their attention towards? So
3: one of the things I'm going to talk about in my uh, presentation in a couple hours is uh, non-financial applications. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like right now, the the main uh, non-financial application that we have, I think, is NFTs. Mm-hmm. And like ENS is an NFT, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. no, 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 it's, a, it's all NFTs. Mm-hmm. Um, always has been. I don't know. <laughs> the um, but. Uh, like we could really go much further, right? Like one of the um, things that we recently released an RFP for was um, Ethereum uh, based uh, login um, So we could use an Ethereum accounts to just to log into other services and like, if you imagine everyone having a social recovery wallet and then using that to log into services, then you know you have distributed identities that are both more resistant against like basically centralized takeover and control than uh, like Twitter and Facebook accounts. And at the same time, more likely to actually give you your account back if you lose it than uh, Twitter and Facebook accounts are. Like we could really be yeah, kind of out competing centralized systems here. Um, and then aside the... Um, Decentralized social media and or at least kind of crypto enabled social media, various forms. uh, Like that's the sort of thing that already exists within the crypto space in various forms. Right. Like, uh, you know, like I just might, you know, disagree with the economics of like, you know, the steams and the voices in some places. But like the thing you can say about them is they're not ghost towns. And um, the uh, I think if the Ethereum community uh, kind of gets into trying to like build better. crypto social things, then like we could actually come up with some potentially like very powerful and much better things there too. And then retroactive public goods funding, that's um, also amazing. Um, so I think there's there's definitely lots of exciting things that we could work on, um, I, but like the key theme is, and I've been saying this for a long time, that like at some points we have to kind of really start focusing on applications, but I think this has become both more possible and more urgent. Like, you know, the the mainstream Sauron is on the crypto space now, right? Like uh, this, you know, we got like Elon Musk uh, tweeting about the about the doggy is, um, you know, we got all sorts of uh, celebrities. Um, regrettably, uh, Kim Kardashian pushing Ethereum Max. Um, <laughs> you, you know, hopefully she winds up, but you know, like if not, then I know maybe we can replace Kim Kardashian somehow. Um, the um, uh, child, I guess. Uh, like a lot of people really are putting a lot of hope into the uh, crypto space to like actually yeah, walk the walk in terms of uh, changing the world and making it more uh, collaborative and open and uh, permissioned. And like at some point, we have to actually do that. Right. And the good news is that like the biggest uh, bottleneck to us doing anything, which is scalability, like that's being solved over the course of this year. So, yeah, I
1: mean, there, there's a need and there's an opportunity and we should just uh, go and uh, do it. Vitalik, you are known for putting your attention on things that the Ethereum, uh, the rest of us kind of figure out a couple of years later. And, and right now, as you just said, we are in our like scalability summer. We had, uh, you know, optimism rollout. We have, uh, or, or soon to be, you know, now you can use Uniswap. Soon you can use uh, synthetics. Also, Arbitrum is, is now out there in, in the wild. Uh, but what are you paying attention to? And what do you think we will be paying attention to after we're done with the whole scalability thing? What comes next in Ethereum? Mm. Hmm.
3: So a few things, right? So one is uh, privacy. I think privacy still needs to be improved, right? Like uh, the whole, like the blockchain is Twitter for your bank accounts thing. Like I think it's being (laughs) underrated, but like if someone wants to sort of like put the magnifying glass on that problem in an accelerationist way, they could just like make a Twitter account that (laughs) like tweets out whatever Um, (laughs) someone makes a, no, that, that would actually be kind of mean, but like goodness, if the point is that the people who wants to peek at things are peeking at things Mm -hmm. and uh, more and more people are going to peek at things. And like at some point, so we need to actually improve the the privacy situation, but you know, like Umbra exists, tornado exists, um, but just ways to do at least basic things on Ethereum without leaking everything to the world is something that we need to improve on. Um, Wallet security. I keep uh, harping on about social recovery wallets, but I think like, didn't we do multiple podcasts about those already? Like, I don't know. I think, uh, (laughs) you know we just have to like keep on guess. well i guess it's not just about harping it's about like actually yeah implementing and there's all these account abstraction like other challenges but like i think social recovery wallets just need to happen because like we need noob friendly security mm-hmm. and like 24 word seeds are not noob friendly security like they might look like, they're definitely friendlier than what came before but still like uh you know, what happens if uh, your house burns down? What happens if you accidentally lose it? Like these things happen. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's another thing that needs to be uh, improved quite a bit. Um, And it's not just a like solving these problems is not just a matter of like having solutions instead of not having solutions. It's also a matter of having decentralized solutions come fast enough that the centralized solutions don't get entrenched, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's something that I I definitely worry about quite a bit. what, what 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 other things again i think you no. Know, there's a long tail like there's just making blockchain applications easier to use there's like just security on the application side um there's uh i guess um, uh, oh another one is uh making sh- decentralized governance that's actually good mm. like i've been yelling against coin voting for years mm-hmm. and uh and, like i worry that coin voting is just kind of like slowly getting adopted and is slowly kind of i guess gaining legitimacy by continuity even though in my opinion it really doesn't deserve to but like at some point someone's gonna you know make the vote bribing app and <laughs> uh, at some points like these things that looked really uh just nice and, uh, and secure by default are just suddenly going to look much less secure and people are going to start scrambling. So I'm just hoping that we can uh, come up with better alternatives
1: before then. Uh, Vitalik, there's a growing social scene about Ethereum and so many different people are coming to the Ethereum ecosystem because so many new things have come to Ethereum. The NFT community has exploded. The creator economy is really uh, you know, burgeoning. And now we're all here in person at ECC. So, you know, ha- tell me about your thoughts and reflections about this, the social layer that's growing around Ethereum.
3: Well, I think as is uh, the meme that you've uh, also been uh, spreading many times, uh, layer zero is people, right? And uh, for a blockchain community to prosper, it needs to have a uh, community that uh, people want to uh, participate in and uh, contribute to. And I think that's actually something that the Ethereum community has uh, has done really well, right? Like the community is supportive. Um, it's uh, very, very, kind like helpful and friendly to people just uh, trying to join and do interesting things um, and I think that's something really valuable
1: mm-hmm. hmm. Vitalik, we are in Paris. How long are you in Paris for? I'm in Paris for about another week mm-hmm. hmm. a- Anything exciting about being in Paris that you're looking forward to after, after ECC is done? What are you up to?
3: Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a good city. I'm sure I'll walk around and, and I'll explore it. It's uh, always good to be here the, fruit, the you know the fruit is good the architecture is good lots of things are good mm-hmm.
1: hmm. and there there's a, a decent party scene that's going around after ETHCC is over we have the the Ave Rave tonight and a few other parties are you going to partake in, in the party scene? I mean, so
3: far, I've been kind of like keeping up the the nine to five uh, Mm -hmm. as in the sweep schedule.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, Vitalik, we've had you on the Bankless podcast so many times before, but this is the first time we've been able to do this in person. And it's fantastic to be able to do this in person. And I'm really excited to go to all the other future Ethereum events. For people that have not yet been to an Ethereum event, maybe pitch to them as to why it's unique and compelling and why they might be interested to come to one in the future. Yeah, no, and it's
3: definitely been just great to be at the event. I think it's uh, just amazing to see all of the people doing, um, b- building all of the lovely yeah, things that make the Ethereum ecosystem as great as it is uh, in person, and uh, just being able to see in real time, like, the, the latest stuff that everyone is working on and everyone is ex- and everyone is excited about, and actually being able to just, like, talk to all of the other people that are just um, enthusiasts and fans of the ecosystem. Um, so, I think... Uh, you I know, mean, I, I think uh, like going to these um, events once in a while was great. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: Well, Vitalik, thank you for coming on the show, and uh, have I hope you have a fun rest of the time at ECC. I hope you did too. Cheers. <laughs> All right, Bankless Nation, I'm here with Stani, the one and only Stani, and we are here at the second day of ETH CC. Stani,
4: tell us what it's like to be at ECC. Uh, amazing. I mean, this is my third year here, uh, or fourth. I can't remember. <laughs> But it, the atmosphere is always good. I mean, you see like a lot of people from the Ethereum community, uh, developers building interesting uh, things, and and also like you see the whole kind of like community here in real life, and it's wonderful to see again like so many nerds in a like a <laughs> physical uh, uh, presence. So cool.
1: Yeah, it is a, a place of for, for nerds who are also really, really social. And I feel, I feel like that's always kind of like the, the through line of Ethereum events. It's like nerds who want to hang out and, and talk nerdy stuff. Um, and so, Sonny, you had a talk uh, yesterday morning. Can you give the people who weren't able to, to watch the talk a little bit of a, a preview about what that was about?
4: Yeah, definitely. So uh, the talk was more about credit delegation. Mm-hmm. So uh, now in, in Decent Plus Finance, for example, which Aave has been building for for the past couple of years and been contributing to, Um, It's about getting liquidity into the uh, DeFi space. Uh, So getting uh, dollars into crypto dollars and yield bearing crypto dollars. And now kind of like with this credit delegation, we're thinking how you would get this kind of like a big DeFi liquidity pool uh, and use it in real economy and funding things that uh, couldn't be funded before, like young uh, entrepreneurs, um, emerging uh, businesses. And uh, credit delegation allows to take under collateralized loans and build this trust network. So that's what it's all about and kind of like, Showing how decentralization can actually help the real economy and not just uh, the kind of like a uh, uh, like a smaller group of uh, DeFi enthusiasts.
1: I think one of the themes that I'm seeing a lot at ECC is that we are a lot of projects and presenters are presenting the next products rather than their first products, right? So you know uh, Ethland turned into Ave, and then Ave had its use cases built out and proven as its first products. And now your your presentation was about here's a product that I think we should do next. And that's meaningfully different for an ecosystem that needed to, that we are no longer proving out our first use cases. We are now talking about the next products that we are going to build rather than our first products. Do you have any thoughts or reflections on that?
4: Yeah, I think like what's what's interesting is kind of like inspire other people and developers, like what you can build. And the talk of like great delegation was about like showing like what kind of capabilities you can build. Mm-hmm. And Aave has reached into a point as a Genesis team that we, Uh, we're just finalizing the latest version of our protocol, the the version 2.5 or 3, however uh, the community wants to name it. And then we we move to build kind of like a next layer of of, of DeFi and and the other protocols. But the credit delegation idea is that we want to show something that is possible and just inspire other developers to build those things on top of um, this functionality and show like the potential. And why we're Trying to do this because we had similar kind of like experience with flash loans. So, uh, beginning of last year, uh, we implemented the flash loan feature into the Aave protocol and it wasn't used very much. But then, when we started to actually promote the use cases, what you can actually do with flash loans, we started to see like different kinds of uh, uh, usage. And now there's like a uh, uh, billions of words of flash, loan, flash loans from Aave protocol during this year. So, it kind of like shows that if you can inspire developers, help them out. Um, and just kind of evangelize uh, the functions, like, people will start to build.
1: Yeah, as it turns out, marketing does work. (laughs) Uh, So we are at ETC number four, which is the first Ethereum DeFi crypto event, uh, you know, other than Bitcoin 2021, to really happen after COVID. And like you said, you were also at ETC number three, which was the last event before COVID happened. How is ECC4 different from the previous ECCs and the other crypto events that you've been to in the past? What's new and how's the energy feel different in, at this particular event?
4: I think during this ECC, definitely like the, the gap and COVID and everything, maybe I would say brought a lot of kind of like new audiences into the space as DeFi started to scale. We saw scaling with the NFT community, creators coming into the space. Essentially uh, what you saw kind of like I uh, uh, would say New demographics entering into Web3, and what's interesting here is that now we kind of like are expanding the the community, just mm-hmm. not being only like nerds excited about decentralization and you know like coding, but actually into a community that it that looks like a uh, kind of like a society. Mm-hmm. And and um and I'm I'm very excited about this because we get more professionals, uh, more creators, and 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 just like more diverse uh, ecosystem. And this is what Aave is all about. We we are about inclusivity being able to expand our technology and, and just empower as many kind of demographic as, as, as we can. So um, this has been like the, the progress during, and I think it's because a lot of content went to internet, people had more time to research and, and, and ex- explore. And this is probably the reason that we, we, we see this expansion, but we have still a lot of work to do if you want to get uh, Web3 into mainstream. Mm-hmm.
1: Are there, whose talks or, or uh, the speakers or panelists at, at ECC are you really looking forward to? What really excites you about the uh, the
4: potential talks that are uh, coming out uh, in the next couple of days? There's quite a lot of talks. And uh, actually, there's there's multiple talks at the same time and, and various topics. And uh, what I usually do, I try to look at the talks afterwards because I'm trying to be here as available as possible for for the community. But uh, one of the talks that is always like inspiring for me is what Vitalik. Alex. Uh, uh, talks, and mainly because uh, there's always kind of like a this um, bigger message on on what we could, should build. And Vitalik usually tries to also highlight uh, parts that are a bit of like uh, underserved. And this is something that how Aave has grown itself. We were always trying to serve like underserved markets and, and empower communities, whether it's asset listings or whatnot, uh, and trying to just get new demographics. This is something uh, which is very interesting. If, if everyone is at home and can watch later, uh, Vitalik's talks are, are are pretty good. And of course, uh, there's a talk I'm going after this uh, by uh, Dean uh, Egemann and he's talking about memes. So I'm very curious to see what's going on there. Uh, and and memes are very important. I mean, like you remember beginning of Ave, there was just like a lot of memes all the mm-hmm. time. And you know, someone said that I'm the uh, kind of like a meme meme lord of mm-hmm. Ave. So. <laughs> Yeah, Aave
1: is one of the projects that made it through the bear market. I think memes are the way that like people keep themselves entertained and keep themselves going through bear markets. And so it's it's no surprise that like the Ethereum community is like really meme friendly. Uh, before I have a few more questions, but before I before I get there, I want to ask about Aave Pro. Uh, we've been hearing some rumors about Aave Pro. Uh, is there any kind of details that you could share? Is there any release dates or or what can we expect with Aave Pro?
4: Yeah, one, one interesting update is Aave Pro is now Aave Arc. So we okay. ran the product to be a, a bit more sexier. <laughs> <laughs> but one interesting part is actually the Aave Arc is, is about, it's the same infrastru- infrastructure, smart infrastructure we have in in, in currently deployed in Ethereum uh, and, and in Polygon and, and tomorrow somewhere else. Uh, the, the only difference is that we added a functionality called whitelisters, which allows you to deploy a completely new market, uh, so-called private market. So you can decide, uh, what kind of liquidity you accept there? So it's not just only asset listing and onboarding, but also you can whitelist their liquidity sources uh, and, and uh, borrowing who is uh, providing liquidity, borrowing it, and who is liquidating. And this brings uh, the use case of so-called like private pools. If you want to create a market where you have less assets, more assets, or you have certain kind of like um, additional requirements, let's say you want to use DeFi but you, you might have some compliance requirements that let's say you want to use the transparency of DeFi, the, uh, the ability of using self-executing smart contract instead of paper agreements and having a network of counterparties. Um, and, and and of course, like the liquidity, uh, then you can use, use uh, the ARC market and build yourself this kind of like a market. And what we are trying to like, achieve in the longer term is that we get more institutionals to kind of like a test on, on, on how DeFi works and how they actually benefit from, from using decentralized finance, the transparency, the efficiency of the smart contracts, and hopefully they will forget uh, all the kind of like what's happening in traditional finance with PIPER agreements and everything and move towards uh, like permissionless mm-hmm. decentralized finance.
1: So what sort of signals have you gotten from institutions that they are actually looking for a product like this? Or are you kind of just building it and hoping that they'll figure it
4: out? Yeah, this product is completely based on demand. So so demand has been very, very strong before the product itself. And once we kind of like uh, there was more people uh, got interested in it and and there was like more uh, publicity about the product, uh, there's even more interest. So uh, we have um, pretty much from institutional sides, there's uh, hedge funds, uh, market makers, and and banks, and it's actually very uh, amazing to see that uh, kind of like institutions and banks that I would never expect to even look into Defi are looking towards the ARB arc market. So that's going kind of like very fascinating to see like how much it has uh, drawn traction for them. Mm-hmm.
1: And on the complete opposite side of the spectrum, Ave is throwing a, a rave tonight. And how how do you pronounce it? Are you calling it uh, the rave or the, the rave or what, what what are we calling this? I
4: think it's rave. So, rave. So yeah, rave. So it's it's kind of like rave Ave. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that like, um, we we planned in in a previous conference in in BTC Miami that uh, we um, uh, we want to throw a rave mm-hmm. and and you know we drop coordinates and ask people to do come there. But then, then you know, I was the only person there from from Ave, and, and of course Ajit was there, so we were two. So we were like, okay, maybe there isn't isn't it stuff mm-hmm. stuff to, to throw a rave party. So we're going to do it today. And the idea is just kind of like to show that you know, uh, like the Ethereum community is is sort of about building like um, uh, empowering, but also it's kind of like having fun, meeting people, and and building new friendships because it's not only about like smart contract based composability but also like human compatibility is very important. And, and I mean, this is how we became friends and, and everyone else in the space. And mm-hmm. this is something, this relationship will last longer. And what's funny is that some of our like transactioning and kind of like uh, interactions happen on chain mm-hmm. and we can always go back and look like what we did. And, you know, it's interesting to see like how our like human relationships will, will be like uh, empowered with, with blockchain. Yeah, earlier
1: you talked about how we are, as a community, turning into a society, right? like, not, not only, we are no longer in the phase of, you know, builders only in, in Ethereum and DeFi. We are now also like the culturalists in NFTs, and now there's games, and, and, and in addition to the expansion of DeFi, I really like how you called that a society. Now we're all all partying together. Stani, <laughs> how late are you going to be
4: up tonight? Well, that's a good question you know uh i, I guess like uh, i <laughs> i mean it's raw so you know it's it's very very like hard to leave mm-hmm. and and i think <laughs> i think that will be the case for everyone tomorrow i i have a very early uh, uh um meeting tomorrow at mm-hmm. 8 a.m a. so it's going to be very tricky and interesting at the same time but i definitely agree like this is becoming like a very cultural mm-hmm. movement and and just like. Uh, especially when mainstream are coming more into the space, uh, there's they're raising questions that are very important, like ecological impact of let's say proof of work and things that we need to consider over kind of like as we scale to the mainstream. So I'm very happy that it, this is becoming a, like a larger culture. Mm-hmm. How many
1: people are going to be going to this event, and what's the capacity? Uh,
4: I think in total we are at 500. So so there is kind of like a rooftop party first, and then. Uh, we have a basement where they actually will be. So uh, let's see, there's like a, um, all tickets went quite quickly. Um, I mean, they're free, of course, and, and we try to invite as many as we can, but we have certain limitation. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very excited to to see like a lot of uh, uh, friends there.
1: So Aave has the DeFi app for all the, the retail people like you and me. It's also building out the institution with Arve Arc. It's also dabbling in into the party scene and the social scene stani do you ever just like sit back and reflect as to the magnitude of the thing that you just built because it's spanning off into so many it's got so many different tentacles at like everywhere and like everyone knows Ave. The, the branding is phenomenal that you guys have your own like memes and graphics on, on discord the thing is just turning into an absolute monster like h- how do you like just reflect on just the magnitude of the thing that you just built
4: it's hard to it's hard to kind of like even uh uh even measure it because like it's just growing and DeFi is small. Like Ave is still small. I mean, if you look at something like uh, Google with um, like tens of thousands of employees, you know, we're still like Ave 65, uh, 60 something employees. So it's very small. But I do believe that protocol will be bigger than businesses, bigger than uh, nations because of the advantage of the efficiency. And these protocols will become, as uh, so a decentralized organizations, in a powerful position to actually uh, move not just move culture, but you know, empower. Um, different kinds of uh, societies for example if there is a cause in some part of the world DAOs can actually contribute funding their uh, inflation and actually empower a lot of people so I guess like we're moving to very interesting uh, models but uh, as Aave we definitely like we are a web3 builder company so we we built the the Aave protocol which is now the the biggest um, DeFi protocol and as we we have built it and now the community is is governing it and and continuing to uh, improving it, uh, the next step is, is pretty much like build the next innovation and just decentralize different kinds of um, uh, Web3 businesses into something that our community owned, owned by the users and and governed transparently on chain. And that's the kind of like a goal that we are uh, trying to achieve. And it, th- this goal is the same that, for example, Ethereum has and and is in general in in, in Web3.
1: Sonny, last few questions for you. For people that have never been to an Ethereum or or crypto event, pitch them as to why they should consider coming in the future.
4: Well, uh, there might be a chance that we throw another (laughs) Rob. That's a great reason. Yeah, and uh, I think it's just kind of like seeing actually the culture that is happening, uh, especially the bigger events uh, are very cool. Defcon is... Uh, might not happen this year. If it happens, nice. But if it doesn't next year, it's a very like uh, interesting to see like how uh, diverse the community is and just see very amazing talks and and there's so many ideas flying around and so many ways to contribute and and this is an event where you can bring your family, of course, after like the COVID and everything is over and and just have a lot of fun and and enjoy and I, I think this is a place where uh, kind of like ideas come together, uh, people come together to to build, innovate, get inspired. And, and just take a lot of things back to home and spread the, the, the kind of like uh, uh, idea of decentralization and, and make uh, you know world more transparent and and, and also finance better and, and other areas where Web3 isn't yet kind of like touched upon. So theres a lot of opportunities here.
1: Sonny, we've had you on the Bankless podcast, but that was over Zoom. It's fantastic to be able to do this in person with you. And if crypto, and that's the whole point of crypto, right? Like if we don't actually meet in the physical world and and take over in the physical world, we all want crypto to take over, but it actually needs to happen in in the physical world. And so it's fantastic to be able to talk to you and do this uh, face-to-face. And I hope to do this many more times into the future.
4: Totally. Thanks for having me here. It's it's very amazing and, and being like this physically and and, and actually you're real. So <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see you. Well cheers, Connie. Thank you so much. All right, guys. I'm here with Kane Warwick of
1: Synthetics here on the second day of ECC. Kane, what's it like to be at ECC? Tell us about your experiences so far.
5: It's very weird to be uh, back at a conference, seeing all these people that I haven't seen in like two years. It's, but it's been really fun. It's been good to catch up with people, and mm-hmm. the vibe is uh, is amazing. And some of the talks have been really cool as well.
1: So, how did you get out of Australia? Tell us about that process. <laughs>
5: It was not easy. Um, I needed to prove to the government that, you know, I was uh, speaking here. There was economic benefit to uh, Australia, um, that we had our offsite in Mexico, which mm-hmm. is uh, coming up in about a week. Um, so it was a long process
1: uh, to, to get out of here and uh, mm-hmm. a bit expensive, but well worth it. So you're telling me that Anthony Susano could have made it, but he didn't? Maybe he's uh, just not famous enough. I don't know. I, yeah. mean, <laughs> I, don't, I can't
5: really
1: remember who that guy is. I think uh, maybe
5: the economic benefit that he brings to Australia is just uh, not quite above the <laughs> line. So uh, apologies, Sasano, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think uh, maybe next time I'll uh, try and help him escape. He can, he can uh, jump into my bags or something.
1: <laughs> uh, can, can you have a, a talk coming up later today uh, for people that won't be able to watch it in person? Can you kind of give them a, a little teaser about what it's about?
5: Yeah, so uh I published a blog post uh, a couple of weeks ago about DAO um, capital formation, so you know, raising funds directly into a DAO so you can start a new community, a new project. Um so it's going to be kind of covering the highlights of that um and then obviously answering some questions uh you know about specifics of how that whole process works. Um and yeah, probably also
1: uh I guess answering some questions about my return uh, to <laughs>
5: synthetics, the return the return mm-hmm. to synthetics, so yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And then, uh, are there any other talks that, that are being uh, giving out today from other people that are you particularly excited about and looking forward to? Um, yeah, there's a couple of things. Um,
5: probably, I think the obviously Vitalik's talk is mm-hmm. going to be good. Um, and then there's some gaming talks uh, which are pretty interesting. Um, and uh, I think there is another talk uh, later this afternoon um, that's going into like some other governance mm-hmm. things as well. So yeah, um, you know, I mean, yesterday. I went to maybe seven different uh, talks and they were all amazing. So it's mm-hmm. been a really, really good lineup. I think a lot of people have banked up a lot of content <laughs> <laughs> the, for the last two years mm-hmm. ready to present. So mm-hmm.
1: so this isn't your first Ethereum event, um, but it's definitely the first Ethereum event since COVID, right? So what's the vibe like for you? And how is this particular ECC different than the other ECCs that you might have been to in the past or the other Ethereum or DeFi events that you've been to? I think the last
5: uh, ETH event that I went to was maybe EdCon mm-hmm. um, in Sydney, um, which is pre-COVID. I may, have, I may have gone to something else like late 2019, um, but yeah, like in 2020, obviously no mm-hmm. events. Um, it's again, like the vibe is definitely uh, pretty excited. Mm-hmm. I think everyone's, you know, uh, there's so much has been built over the last two years, um, so many things that you know had been promised, or you know people were expecting, or whatever, have kind of come about. Um, obviously, some other things that are like getting really close as well, like L2 scaling, super mm-hmm. exciting. Um, so yeah, I just think like overall the ecosystem is so vibrant. There's so many people building things, mm-hmm. and and so many you know cool projects that I've run into while I've been here. Um, it's been amazing. Mm-hmm.
1: So we are all here in person, which is actually relatively new for, for us as an ecosystem, at least for the last year or so. Uh, and you know, there's a bunch of faces from, from crypto Twitter and from from Discord that everyone's relatively familiar with. What's it like to be meeting all the people that you've been talking to online for the past year?
5: I mean, it's, it's been really fun to meet people that you know, Mm -hmm. I've obviously met before in the past Mm -hmm. and and I've spent time with, um, but I think particularly the people that I've never met before, it's been, you know, even more interesting, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we've never met in person. (laughs) It's kind of weird. One interesting component, I guess, is obviously we don't have masks on right now, but everyone's wearing masks. So there's been a bunch of people I've walked, up to and we're kind of like looking at each other like do we know each other like martin from gnosis was like is that kane and i was like who and he's like martin and you take the mask oh okay so it's a bit of like a masquerade uh bowl as well like you can't tell who's behind the mask so mm-hmm. um yeah it's been but it's been fun um it's been super exciting and then you know we've had a chance to hang out with people mm-hmm. after the conference as well which has mm-hmm. been cool
1: so when people are, are coming up to meet you, what are they asking you about? What are people particularly interested in, in asking you about synthetic uh, uh, stuff or or anything else related to that? It's
5: been a range of things. You know, um, there's been some conversations about governance. Um, like even you know today on Twitter, we were talking about like representative democracy versus mm-hmm. direct democracy. Um, and I think you know that's probably the thing that like has always stood out for me. Uh, like even just then, I was talking to Fernando about like. Um, liquidity distribution and mm-hmm. yield, yield farming distributions, and we were talking about the ins and outs of it. Like, it's always been uh, very kind of technical, straight to the point questions. Like, you you run into someone, you start having a conversation, and you just go down a crazy rabbit hole like really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think, from like an intellectual standpoint, it's super stimulating. And it's really fun. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that's been uh, that that hasn't changed uh, since uh, you know COVID. So it's cool. Totally.
1: So with all these crypto events that we have. The, it's not just the event, but it's also the peripheral and satellite events that happen after ECC. Uh, what are you excited about to to go do outside of the conference?
5: I mean, rave is on tonight, mm-hmm. and I think that's probably going to be the highlight <laughs> of the conference <laughs> for everyone. Um, I, it's funny when uh, when I was leaving, um, you know, like I've got all these things on my calendar, mm-hmm. all these different appointments, and my wife was like, "It looks like you're going to a rave." <laughs> but it was funny actually because this is how crypto she is. She was like what's this rave thing and i was like oh she even pronounced it right so um so yeah i think uh, i think people are pretty excited for that um but you know i've just like been catching up with people going for drinks and you know going to a couple of events and dinners and stuff so um yeah just having a chance to kind of sit down with people for a couple of hours in person and, and chat to them has been amazing
1: so uh, how late are you going to stay up tonight
5: uh I've, I've managed to stay up until midnight. I got to like about 1230 last night. Um, I'm still a little bit jet lagged. Hopefully I can push through to like two tonight. That's two. my goal. I know it closes at four, but we'll see if I can stay <laughs> till
1: two, I'll, I'll think I've done pretty well. Awesome. And, uh, what are you really just excited for to, to uh, with the remainder of your time in Paris, uh, Paris, pretty cool city. Uh, I don't know if you've been around Europe a lot, but after, after ECC, what are you going to do just in the city of Paris? So
5: I'm hanging out here for another uh, couple of nights. Um, there's a few people staying on, obviously, at the conference uh, and just going to catch up with them. Uh, and then I'm headed to New York after that. So mm-hmm. looking forward to catching up with the the New York crypto scene as well. There's a bunch of people that have already hit me up. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's going to be really fun. So it's a bit of like a crypto world tour for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, trying to avoid going back home as long as possible, huh? Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah absolutely. Um, I think when... Uh, when I initially uh, kind of proposed it, they want you to obviously stay out of the country as long as possible. They don't right. want you kind of coming back. Um, but luckily we also have our global uh, synthetics offsite. Mm-hmm. Um, so a bunch of the core contributors in the Western hemisphere are getting together in Mexico. So that's kind of my last stop, mm-hmm. um, which is going to be even crazier because there's people in the core contributors and, and in the synthetics community um, who I've been you know working closely with for like almost two years who I've never met. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be pretty amazing. So I'm, I'm really excited for that. And I'm glad that I could, uh, get out and, and go and uh, join that, that conference.
1: So for, for people that have never been to an Ethereum or DeFi event, maybe pitch to them as to what they might be interested in if they actually did decide to, to come out to an event in the future. I think someone posted this on Twitter,
5: um, you know, Bitcoin conferences and and even like general crypto conferences like ConsenSys, um, you know, the talks and panels like in the nicest possible way, they're usually kind of bullshit. Mm. Um, There's not a huge amount of value. Um, I think with the, uh, with Ethereum conferences, there's so many people pushing uh, the kind of state of the art in so many different directions that it's actually hard to even kind of choose. Like there were multiple times yesterday where I had like conflicting talks that I wanted to go to. One was late and I would like Mm. scramble out to the other one. Um, So I think like the amount of content that you can kind of consume in a two day period is pretty amazing. And you know, obviously we all read newsletters, we all, you know, listen to podcasts and, and, you know, read the different blogs and everything, but having someone on stage kind of, you know, pitch it to you directly, being able to then answer, you know, ask questions, they answer them. There is something about that, that like, I think, um, you know, just kind of sticks with you a little bit more. Um, And so making the effort to like come in person and some of those just serendipitous conversations that happen um, are amazing as well, but like making the effort to come in person, the amount of like just brain dump that you get after like a two or three day conference is just incredible. Mm
1: -hmm. Kane, we've had you on the bankless podcast before, but that was over zoom. Uh, this is actually in, in person, which is new for me as well. So it's fantastic to actually meet you in person and be able to actually have this conversation face to face.
5: Yeah. Thanks. It was, it was super fun. Um, and as I said before, I'm, uh, I need to go and uh, frantically claim my bank tokens because <laughs> <laughs> I've been holding off. I'm procrastinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my next task. After I get out of uh, the studios, uh, jump on my laptop mm-hmm. and
1: grab them. I've got a few weeks left to do that. Yeah. Oh, so they will expire that goes for you, the listener as well. Yeah. Kane, Thank you for coming on the show. Amazing. Thank you so much. Peace. Great to meet you. All right, guys, I am here with Jerome D. DT. Uh, Jerome is the lead host the lead organizer of ECC, the event that we all find ourselves at today. Uh, now that ECC, ECC is actually here and we're all here, Jerome, uh, how do you feel? Like, are you excited? What's what's going on
6: in your head? I'm mainly feeling relieved, to be honest. Like, uh, <laughs> we didn't we didn't know not if, but when we were we will be able to host this thing. Um, so I've I've been with Interim France since the beginning as their president since 2016-15, uh, and we've been hosting this conference for the five, fifth fourth first time. Yeah, fourth time. Uh, we did. Five conference because we did edcon in paris back in 2017 uh but we're very happy to to have this conference as a recurring event. that's always happening in paris always gathering everyone roughly at the same time in the year in paris um and getting everybody together at in paris is awesome like i, I think it's really really nice to see everyone coming together uh, after like 15 months of not seeing each other mm-hmm. we had the privilege of being the Largest conference of 2020, since we were whatever the last one. Uh, and now, well, opening up the, the new season. Yeah, ETH
1: CC was the, the last event before everything really shut down. And now it's also the first event to really kick things off as things uh, open up again. You know, fingers crossed it stays opened up. So we're all optimistic about that. But as the person that has been to all four ETH CC events, can you kind of illustrate for people who haven't been to any of the previous ones or or people like me who are, this is my first one, Tell us about the trajectory of, you know, one through four. How have they changed and grown and developed over time?
6: Yeah, so we we matured uh, at the same pace of the ecosystem, basically. So initially, we wanted to host a conference that would be community-based and recurring at the same times of the year at the same place. Because by the time EdCon was moving every year, uh, DevCon was moving every year, and we just wanted to say, well, let's make it easy. Like you don't know if you're going to be able to travel to Bogota, if you're going to be able to travel to, to Japan. Well, yeah, let's just go and stay in Paris all the time. So we started with this by, I think it's organized by Ethereum France, the, the nonprofit that I mentioned before, hosting, hosting the uh, Ethereum France website as well, translating things in French for, for the French speaking community. And as a nonprofits, we basically say, well, we have connections with engineering schools in France. So we just wanted to like host an event there. Uh, calculate how much it would cost to do live streaming uh, divided by the number of people that we are thinking about having and say, well, okay, it's going to be 200 per person and we are going to have a balanced budget. So we started off in 2018 with this uh, and the excitement was huge because it was like the, the trajectory of the previous bull market. So we were like, yeah, sure, let's go to see a conference. And everybody was so lovely, so happy, so easygoing to, to, to work with uh, that we decided to organize it once again at the same place uh, next year. So the first edition had about 700 people. Uh, The second edition in 2019 had about 1,000 people. And on the third edition that we did last year, we were thinking about going up to 2,000. We had commitments, we had lots of speakers, and unfortunately, well, COVID hit. Uh, so all the speakers that came from Asia couldn't come. Um, most of the speakers that came from the US canceled, uh, but we still were able to host the conference and have it, uh, have it balanced and everything uh, running. And now we are hosting the 2021 uh, season um, and it's going great. Like uh, We could have probably 5,000 people at the same time, uh, but unfortunately, due to the Sanitary restriction, we had to have a hard cap of 1,000. But expect us to run this conference again next year and make it super duper big again. Um, and the core value that we tried to convey with this conference is to say, well, it should be accessible. So a ticket to HCC is usually 300 euros or so. So it's pretty, pretty accessible for anyone uh, compared to most tech conferences where you pay thousands to get in. Um, and we have lots of talks next to each other, like everything happening in parallel. So we have a ratio of about one person out of five that is a, a, a speaker, so you meet the doers. Um, and that creates this kind of cool interaction, cool ambience, where you just bump into speakers all the time. Uh, I want to keep growing at this pace, uh, making sure that we stay at least at the one out of six, one out of four uh, people that are coming to speak. Uh, not coming to be on a panel and discuss a topic without preparing anything—not that I'm against on a, a, a panel, but you know, uh, it, it takes commitment. It takes people to to demonstrate what they are going to talk about uh, to really make something exciting. So we are going to continue this uh, this stage.
1: Jerome, you talked about how there were, there's just so many different rooms and panelists and the speakers are also being in, in other speakers, uh, audiences and uh, the future audience members are the, the next speakers. Uh, that kind of just overall kind of reminds me of the Ethereum ecosystem at large, like users and investors and builders. They're all the same. They're all the same cohorts. We're all the, we're all the same people here. Uh, tell, tell me a little bit more about how ECC is like resonant with the, the ethos that we find in Ethereum at large.
6: Um, welcoming, open, um, cheap to go, mm-hmm. lots of great content. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what we want to, uh, we want to demonstrate. Um, Ethereum France is a nonprofit. Like we aim at balancing the budget, keeping the price of the ticket as low as possible. Uh, so I think we are about 300 Euro for the three days of conference. And we want this conference to have the greatest amount of content that you take out of it. So here's how we roll. We try to have as many, um, as many tracks in parallel that we can uh, and make the conference long as long as we can um so the it, it ends up with a, a nice ratio of number of speakers and numbers of attendees uh, making it that one person out of five is actually talking about what they are building right now um so if you are new to this field you end up in this super heterogeneous ecosystem where you meet all of the people that are building this you meet Rock stars that you've heard about on the internet, or you meet the, the builders of this, or you meet the guy that just started this uh, this new new gig and want to recruit, um, and it's 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 a very welcoming environment, um, and everybody is easygoing and everybody wants to share. Um, I think we wouldn't have got the same, uh, the same crowd or the same, the same ethos if we were an expensive conference and doing it commercially. So I'm very happy that we have been long lasting and, and sticking to, to, our, to our initial uh, values. And, and over the years, you know, we, we tried to get different crowds to come also because the price of fees improved and the, the attention from the media changed a little bit um so for us we we wanted to continue this education purpose that we have in uh, in our in our main goals at Ethereum France and it translated into opening an Ethereum VC track so VCs can come to HCC but have to pay for it like we are not going to beg them to come and pay them the trip like hey you want to meet the, com- the, the community you just attend like everyone um but you get a a nurtured uh, uh, deal flow of, uh, of companies that are coming to speak on technical topics at ETC, uh, being in front of the of the core devs of Ethereum, being in front of the the main doers of Ethereum. Well, to get something that's neutral and, and clean. Um, so they they are coming uh, in huge amount of number of VCs. Like it's just uh, it's just mind blowing. We are, think we have 50 or, or 60 funds that are attending this year. And so for for our ecosystem that initially financed it with ICOs and, and, and token, token emissions. Um, It's a shift towards, I think, more, more uh, uh, resilience in their financial structure to have some VCs in the, in their, in their rounds. Um, And for us as organizer of the conference, it's, Becoming future people that we want to sponsor the conference, or we want to come every year, or we do want to do product release here. Uh, Ave has done great demo this morning. Uh, I think I, I missed sushi swap demo. Wow, well,
1: right but right yeah. Now. <laughs> but anyway,
6: uh, yeah, everything is happening there, and it's uh, it's really great to to see that.
1: Are there any panels or guests or uh, topics or you know talks that you are particularly excited about? Anything that comes to mind?
6: Uh, well. The, um, we don't do that much panels uh we've we prefer to uh, to have uh, speakers that come and talk about something they're passionate about or talk about something they've been working on for some time um in our experience with panels that they are great for after shows and great for having many people come together around a drink and discuss the topic and then talk with the rest of the of the assembly uh, at at ETC, most the, most of the speakers, if not 100 of the speakers, are just doing a talk. Like uh, You prepare something, you present something, you give us an abstract to work on, and say, like, like, hey, it sounds interesting, like, you're not the the, the the 100th person that is going to talk about the future of DeFi. Yeah, well, everybody wants to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I'm super excited about is, of course, Vitalik speaking tomorrow about uh, uh, how to do good with DeFi. Uh, well, Probably his stake on DeFi is interesting. So this is definitely the DeFi year. We have a, a track, uh, the DeFi track is like three or four times the size of the other track. Uh, and it's hard for us to keep it uh, to keep it well balanced, like, um, having, having great diversity in the different side of talks. Um, and I'll go to the, the ZK Snack and ZK Rollup workshops. That's going to happen on uh, on Thursday.
1: So there's a, a lot of people who you know had to stay home, not ECC, uh, can't host everyone. But uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people that you know maybe they were on the edge and then they decided for whatever reason to not come. Why should they have come and why should they think about coming to Ethereum events like this in the future?
6: So being totally unbiased, this is the best Ethereum conference in the world. At least last year it was one of the last on what the only, so we keep, we keep, that, uh, <laughs> we keep that to ourselves. Uh, I hope to continue to be able to host it this way. Um, the thing is, if you go to Paris, it's easy to reach. So first thing, Paris is a capital that is easy to reach, usually from wherever you are in the world. Uh, it's a full week of events, so you get something for the trip. Uh, the conference itself, it's not that expensive. We try to be one of the cheapest of the, of the ecosystem, and you can have a whole week of stuff happening. So the ideal HCC uh, on a normal sedentary situation is that we have a job fair on the Monday. You meet VCs, you meet people, you meet probably your new employer or you meet your, your new colleagues. Um, you have three to four days of conference and then you have a hackathon. And around that, you get parties all the time, like, or events all the time or side side things happening all the time. And um, if you are uh, grounded, like if you cannot come, if you cannot travel, uh, we are an open source promoting association. so. Everything is available online. The, all the talks are live streamed uh, and available uh, right away, like one hour or so after the day, uh, directly on YouTube. So like, check it out. If you cannot come, just be there. Look, look, uh, look, at, look, at, here, look at the conference from uh, your remote place. And um, hit us on Telegram, hit us on, uh, on, on, on Twitter. We're very happy to, uh, to talk with you. And do apply to the speaker call uh, that we will probably publish in November.
1: So last, last question for you, Jerome. After ECC is over, either at the end of today, tomorrow, or Thursday, what other events are you excited about that you're going towards? Um,
6: so well, I, my, 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 my main party years was 10 years ago, like when I was, uh, when I was at school. Uh, and uh, back then, the, the, the music crowd in Paris was the French touch crowd, You know, the headbangers, head uh, Daft Punk, Justice, and so on. And uh, the AVI team managed to get all the DJs from this lab label to come and play tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, I still have to work on my presentation for the closing talk, so I hope uh, I don't get too, too excited during this, uh, this, this party. But that's definitely something I will, uh, I will head to. Uh, there is the ledger closing party also that uh, I'm really looking forward to. Because uh, on the rooftop near the Seine, it's going to be a beautiful setup. Um, well, I think I'm mentioning only parties, but uh, yeah, I, I need I need to take the to to take some uh, the, some of the pressure off after this uh, this organization, um, and I'm, I'm taking a small trip to uh, to family place uh, after the conference. But yeah, so I'm I'm mainly staying for HCC and looking at a couple of side events uh, and uh, being super busy finalizing the last thing that needs to be finalized. Um, but I think there is a hackathon we going guys this weekend that I would done, yeah, I won't be able to attend. Um, but I, I think CoinFund is running it and it's a super exciting stuff being built around NFT with them. So it should be, it should be cool. I, I followed that from, uh, from my, my uh, holiday place.
1: Awesome. Jerome, well, uh, as somebody who really thoroughly enjoys meeting real life crypto people in the real world, and I do believe that eventually crypto will come to take over the world. And so we also need to come together in the real world as a community. So thank you for just uh, organizing ECC, you know, for the last four years and continuing to do it into the future as well.
6: Well, definitely. Uh, thanks for coming. That's uh, th- those events happens because people are coming. Mm-hmm. We tried to make everything easy so they can come. And so far, they decided to. And that's great for us. And you can count on us to host it again next year. Impossible n'est pas français.
1: All right, guys. I'm here and pleased to be joined with Aya Mayaguchi of the Ethereum Foundation. Aya, you just got done with a talk here at ECC. And for those that weren't able to attend, can you kind of give them a preview about what you talked about?
7: I spoke about... um... Ethereum Infinite Garden mm-hmm. and how I see like what's the most special about Ethereum I think and and, um, and then this was about like it's not just about the technology it's actually the the, the people and how how the community members play um, in the Infinite Garden of Ethereum which is that um, basically this is not really about winning this is really the game is supposed to Continue, right, and then so you play for the purpose of continuing to play. So that was the talk, and then also I introduce one of our fellows of the Research Foundation Fellowship Program. Mm-hmm. This is the first cohort, and. And then she explained the the project that she's working on, which is the GIGA to uh, to connect schools with internet and then also provide transparency and also like all the better governance and everything with the power of Ethereum. So, and then also I introduced her as um, one of the gardeners of the Infinite Garden.
1: I love that that metaphor about Ethereum as, as a garden, and in the Ethereum world, we're all about long-term games and, and iterative games, and we are finally back into the world of more Ethereum events in real life, real real events. And so now that we are all back as a community in ECC once again for the fourth ever ECC, what are you really excited to see, or who are you excited to see talk, or what are you uh, about ECC? Are you particularly excited for?
7: In general, just like everyone knows, I was excited to like. Um, get together with with other people again this is it's been a while and also you know like EF organized Debcon, and we've been like kind of postponing it for for many times and and then um, we kind of appreciate ECC to organize this like a, like almost the first first event to happen after the COVID started to happen and then uh, so I think the whole DevCon team is here to learn like what it's like, you know, how people are like experiencing this after the, the, the time that people were waiting. So, yeah, and also like the combination of their thing that I wanted to send, like the message that I wanted to send, which is about the Infinite Garden. And also I kind of wanted to see how people are enjoying like after a while. So that was... Yeah, that was that was the, my my goal to come here, and then I'm also excited about the different talks. And then there's some like a, they have this blockchain for good track, and and um and there are some stuff that I didn't know, so I'm I'm looking forward to learn about what they're doing.
1: Aya, uh, the Ethereum community is now six years old, and you've been with it every step of the way. What are you most proud about on behalf of the community that we've gotten that we've achieved in the last six
7: years? Uh, well, I haven't been, I've been in the crypto space for the entire time, but even before Ethereum, but I, um, so, um, you know, I haven't been part of the Ethereum thing like for the whole time, but I, I think it's even as an external audience for like a, as a participant, I think it's amazing that how, what this community has achieved working like a, in a fully decentralized way basically like EF doesn't really manage and um, like we coordinate, that's what we say. And that like still like very continuous effort to make it as decentralized as possible. Um, That that technical advancements that Ethereum has made is such a hard like a problem to solve. And you know, like people said in the beginning, "Oh, there's no way they can do it and but we are seeing that is actually happening now, especially when the proof of stake is happening and then so yeah, and then now this this is actually involving outside uh, people outside, and then they can also see, oh wow this is this is actually serious, and this is happening and and um so it's great to it's not like I. You know, I'm proud, but I just feel proud to be part of it.
1: And on the, on the other side of things, what do you think the Ethereum community and ecosystem still needs to work on? What do we have left to achieve that's still on the table?
7: Hmm. So I don't know if it's left to achieve. And there are I know, a lot of like technical challenges that still needs to achieve. But that one of the things that I mentioned in my talk is... Um, Yes, there's an infinite garden, and the way we keep playing this game. But then, like, unless we're conscious, this this uniqueness uh, can be lost. So, I think it's really important for us to remember what's special about Ethereum, and like this the vibe you feel at ECC, and like you just don't feel that anywhere else. Um, so yeah I think it's very, very important for us to maintain so that this stays very unique and interesting and really like not about winning.: yeah.
1: You said the vibe that we feel at ECC. Can you put that into words? What is the vibe of ECC?
7: I think it's there's certain seriousness, um, like what people talk about like some like a uh, you know like Geeky conversation about technical things, of course, because it's an Ethereum event. But but then there is like always down to earth openness that uh, you get to come talk to anyone, and then they're open to answer to your questions, so that um you don't feel that I mean like we feel that at DevCon too, but we don't really feel that at regular business conference yeah. or so that um the openness openness and the down to earth vibe and also. Like you basically, people are always ready to be open, to have conversation with anyone. And, and I always love that vibe about any Ethereum events.
1: That definitely resonates with me. I think that the moment I realized that I wanted to be in Ethereum was at my first Ethereum event ever, East Denver. And it was just a matter of the conversations and the people that I met at, at, the, at the Ethereum events, I, it made me realize that it's not something that I wanted to miss. Uh, I didn't really know what Ethereum was at the time. I didn't really know what I could contribute at the time, but it, I just knew it's something that I didn't want to, you know, read in a book later. I wanted to be a part of it as it, as it grows. And, and speaking of experiencing it, we are on camera here on at, at Bankless while we are also on camera for the Infinite Garden. So, so uh, tell us what it's like to be a, a part of a story of Ethereum's first like high production movie documentary. What's that like?
7: Yeah, so this is um, very. It's has been very interesting because, um, like I explained about Infinite Garden, the idea itself. When I first talking to the team, um, the crew optimists team, and then, you know, they were still learning about what is this was about. When I was learning about them, but we gradually felt like this, this like alignment. That okay, like I think I believe this team actually understands. And so I started to trust them I and mean, then it's just like idea it's not just I I gave one inspiration, but then it has evolved in a way that all other community members gave them ideas and it's still evolving right, so we don't know because they just started and then they just finished the fundraising achieved the fundraising and um, so. It's I like this exp- almost like an experiment. Like this, I don't know uh, this how normally regular documentary is made, but um, yeah, it's been like discoveries for both of us, but also for them to learn about. And then now they actually understand a lot of like um, things in Ethereum that um, like it's hard to catch up with everyone um, or everything, but but um, but I'm very very excited how this is going to come that i don't even know how this is going to become but but um but i can see that 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 you know like a positive vibe coming from people from the community members and the support from everyone and this is like i heard that you know even the creative production side is um, because this was raised in a way that uh, like a decentralized way. Um, So yeah, I'm I'm actually, I didn't know when we started this how this was gonna go, but I'm very, very excited how things are going and I'm just looking forward to see the unknown yet. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So my my last question for you, Aya, is, is, you know, we're not totally out of the woods yet with regards to COVID, but, you know, we're all here together. We're in Paris. What are you looking forward to in Paris uh, after ECC is over? Do you have any cool Paris plans?
7: Uh, I don't have plans yet, but I'm huge. I'm a huge fan of natural wine. (laughs) And then Paris is the France is the biggest you know place for that um I was actually just in Tokyo before coming over here um, yeah, and then I even saw an event happening tonight that people are gonna talk about um the 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 ethereum for good and then also drinking natural wine that kind of thing like it just never happens uh if, it, if you were not in Paris so yeah but I I mean, if I start talking about natural wine, I talk too much. So I will stop there.
1: (laughs) Ethereum for good and natural wine. uh, That's the place I would expect to find Aya Gucci. So Aya, thank you for, for coming on the show and telling us your ECC experience.
7: Thank you very much.
1: When you shop for plane tickets, you probably use Kayak, Expedia or Google to compare ticket prices. So why would you limit yourself to just one exchange when you trade crypto? When you make your trades, you want to make sure that you're getting the best possible price on your trade and that you aren't paying high gas costs that you could have otherwise avoided. That's why you should be using Matcha. Matcha routes your orders across all the various DeFi exchanges on Ethereum, Polygon, Binance Smart Chain, and gives you the best possible prices without taking any commissions. Matcha has smart order routing that splits your order across multiple liquidity sources if Matcha sees that it gets you better pricing. Trading on Matcha is super easy because it pools the liquidity for me into a single easy to use platform. Matcha also allows for you to make limit orders on chain so you can set and forget your DeFi trades and they will go through automatically while you're away. New to Matcha is an integrated fiat on-ramp so you can purchase crypto directly with your credit or debit card and have that fiat be instantly traded for any token that has liquidity. When you're making a trade, head over to matcha.xyz and connect your wallet to start getting the best prices and most liquidity when you trade your crypto assets. Bankless is proud to be supported by Uniswap. Uniswap is a new paradigm in asset exchange infrastructure. Instead of a cumbersome order book system where trades are matched with other humans, Uniswap is an autonomous piece of software on Ethereum, which is what Ryan and I call a money robot. No human counterparties or centralized intermediaries, just autonomous code on Ethereum. Input the token you want to sell and receive the token you want to buy. Something brand new in the Uniswap ecosystem is the Uniswap Grants program is now accepting applications for grants. We have been saying this for a while and we'll say it again. DAOs have money and they are in need of labor. If you think that you have something to contribute to the Uniswap DAO, apply for a grant to Uniswap. Just look at the size of the Uniswap treasury. uh, how excited are you for ETH CC? Tell me all about it.
2: I am super excited. This time last year, I got COVID at this very conference, so it's very great <laughs> to be back wearing masks, feeling healthy, feeling good. Life is great.
1: Yeah, we didn't really have a mask this time last year for ECC. Uh, A little bit, a little bit uh, naive at that time, but we really didn't know what's coming. Uh, I know you're excited for the resurgence of crypto events and Ethereum events, but specifically with this ETH event, what are you excited about um, just on this one?
2: I'm really excited just to hear about the progress that's been made. You know, I think that um, a lot has happened over the last year. We've been living online. I think this is the first time where people can come and talk about things IRL. For me, that's where you really get a vibe of like which projects have the most attention and energy just based off what people are talking about at these events. So it's great to go a little bit beyond Twitter, Discord, Telegram, you know, see people IRL and hear what's uh, really exciting and worth paying attention to.
1: Definitely one of the biggest innovations in the last year while we were all home is stuffs in both DAOs and NFTs, which are largely, uh, you know, status and social games, right? Like DAOs are uh, social communities and NFTs are largely uh, things that are about, you know, status, which is inherently a social phenomenon. So I think it's actually really cool that a lot of these events that are coming out of covid are DAO and NFT I have DAO and NFT themes, and I know that you are particularly focused in the world of DAOs and also the creator economy, which is also a social element as well. And you just came out of your talk, so can you, got, for the people that are, you know, we're at home and weren't able to attend ECC, can you kind of give them a little teaser of what your talk was
2: about? Yeah. Absolutely. So I gave a talk on the future of music, you know, as you said, I think this is an industry that's ripe for social and financial disruption. And so for me, being able to talk about, you know, how NFTs play a role in the future of audio, how governance makes sense in a more broader context. You know, I just love this design space of every creator feeling like they're on their own startup now. And so being able to take these tools and apply them in a, you know, both crypto and non crypto native ways, that's kind of the intersection I sit at. How do you take it down and make it understandable to someone who's never used MetaMask before? And how to use tools like Poop to basically do NFTs at IRL events, despite the fact that no one's ever set up a wall previous to that.
1: And so, uh, who and or what panels are you really looking forward to to speaking about? And you know, in there's always that that funny little line where the the audience looks towards one artist, but then that artist is they're they're met like a, their savant or their person that they're interested in is somebody else. So who's the person that Cooper is interested in seeing on stage talking? Mm.
2: I mean, it's going to be a cliche answer, but I think Vitalik is going to be fantastic. You know, I love coming to see him talk IRL because you never know what he's going to talk about. It kind of always gives you something to look forward to a little bit further along. So obviously he's not super active on Twitter. And so being able to hear about what he's been pontificating on over the past year, we've been locked in COVID. It should be a good way to just refresh and see where things are at. Yeah, Vitalik has a habit
1: of delivering always really hot keynotes, and I'm also excited for that one as well. Uh, For for people that weren't able to attend ECC, can you kind of tell them what's the vibe like from your perspective? And how does this ECC event differ from the one last year and also other crypto events that you've been to?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think of ECC as a community conference. So obviously, there's a lot of developers here. There's a lot of ecosystem partners. You know, Where this differs from maybe like a DevCon or an ETH Global event is that this is much more Uh, community focused you're going to see a 100 talks over the course of three days you're going to hear about a bunch of different projects while there's a bunch of builders here i think that this talk is about uh, conference context basically leave this conference feeling like you have a good understanding of where the industry is at which projects are worth paying attention to and what people are working on so as you go back to your digital life you can have an understanding of like oh these people are hanging out with these people these people are partnering with these people this event was really cool and there's a nice vibe going to it and so um I just love Ethereum conferences in general. I mean, you'll catch me at every major one this year for the next couple of years of my life if I have something to say about it. And so, just being here in person, it's really important to remember our roots. You know, I think that Ether went up a lot this past year. And for a lot of people, there's a, you know, maybe a feeling that you don't need to be as present at these things anymore. But I think for me, it's now more important than ever to show face and show that, regardless of what happens financially, that we're all here for the same reason. One of everyone's favorite parts about these crypto events and crypto conferences is that there's a bunch
1: of satellite or peripheral events that happen after the scene. So uh, what are you going to, uh, after today or tomorrow or Thursday, that you are really excited about?
2: Mm. I'm really stoked about the FWB party tonight. We actually built a tool to be able to do IRL RSVPs with token-gated access. So basically, you RSVP by holding tokens, you receive a QR code, and when you sign into the event, it still makes sure that you're holding tokens at the event. So I'm really excited about that primitive that's later tonight. Uh, going to be going to Dow with Uniswap and Upshot. Got some awesome DJs that are playing there. The Arave party tomorrow night with Boys Noise is going to be fantastic. And then Thursday night, the ECC closing party should be a really great time. Yeah,
1: so Cooper is the absolute embodiment of the social scene around crypto and crypto events. And so take a leaf out of Cooper's book. When you come into to crypto events, plan ahead because there's so many events that you need to go to. Uh, and if you don't plan ahead, then you're going to miss them. Cooper, uh, thank you so much for coming and sharing us your ECC story. Pleasure to be here, man. I look forward to seeing the recap and everyone have a fantastic week. All right, everyone. I'm here with Simona Pop from Status. And Simona, I have seen just almost at every single crypto Ethereum event that I've ever been to. And so I kind of want to lead with that question. Simona, can you tell our listeners who maybe haven't been to an Ethereum or crypto event, what are they missing out on and maybe why should they go to one in the future?
8: Hey, hey, thanks for having me um, on the podcast yeah. and great to see each other yeah. again. Um, I feel this is um, such a great time to everybody's back together. Everybody's uh, enjoying, obviously, Paris. Summer in Paris is wonderful. Um, but when it comes to Ethereum events, I feel they are so many... Um, steps apart from your traditional crypto event. I feel the atmosphere, the vibe is completely different and it's an incredibly, incredibly welcoming one, which is why, particularly for newcomers, I feel Ethereum events are the way to kind of try and test and kind of immerse themselves into the space because everybody's incredibly helpful, everybody's incredibly um, you know, welcoming, positive, Um, And it just, that's why I guess I go to all of them because it's such a wonderful time and just catching up with everybody.
1: So I've seen you at ETH Denver, and I know you've gone to DevCon and all the other previous ETHCC events. Uh, and you know we just came out of uh, a, a, over a year-long lockdown uh, with COVID, and now we're finally getting into the world of, of events once again. So with this, uh, the first ETHCC event out of COVID, uh, what are you spe- specifically excited for with this one particular uh, event?
8: I think obviously the main uh, piece is the the everybody getting back together again, seeing each other after such a long time, um, is is a mix of I guess joy, uh, a little bit of a this is so intense <laughs> after not seeing uh, people for for so long. But I think the main um, the main vibe I would say is. So much has happened in this past year and a half, and there's so much to celebrate going forward that I feel it's that kind of celebration that we're all back. Celebration for the work that we've been doing in these like stressful conditions, um, and also you know uh, the future of France and uh, <laughs> and everything that that brings. So um, it, just a, a great, great um, celebration, I would say, of Ethereum, of each other. Um, so yeah, very, very, um, I don't know, positive, joyful vibes.
1: Um, shit, what I was gonna ask, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> um, so with all of the talks and panelists that are happening, are you, are, what are you specifically looking, looking for, are, what a panel or, or, topic are you really excited about, and, uh, who, who, uh, of the panelists or the speakers are you really excited to see talk?
8: I think I really, ooh. <laughs> There's, um, should I start again? Yeah, go for it. Um, I think there's, it's really, as always with ECC, um, one of the main things that I love about it is it brings together so many different types of speakers, so many different topics. And it's not necessarily just the technical stuff. It blends really, really well with, you know, talks about UX and where that's heading and how we're improving and so on. So I think it's a real good mix of so many different topics and so many different, um, I guess, forecasts for 2021 and where where we're heading. Uh, obviously, from our side, uh, we have a workshop um, that the Waku team from Status um, is, is doing. And it's all about, um, I won't say too much, but maybe an integration with Wallet Connect and so on and how that's kind of going to again, enable that better experience, um, that much, much, um, you know, I guess, setting ourselves up for that mass adoption that we're all looking for. So, so many things, and also let's remember, there's so many side events. Right. It is a busy, busy agenda <laughs> packed with so much. So um, I think obviously uh, Ethereum Magicians are having their, um, uh, their uh, event as well. I think it's today. Then there's the DAO event on Friday. So it's just so many things. But again, um, great things because um, there are so many interesting things happening.
1: I definitely think that should be a big takeaway for the listeners who are looking to experience their first, you know, Ethereum event is like it's not just the conference but it's a, just a litany of just satellite events that happen after the fact and I'm also really excited for for, for those as well. Uh, people think that these things are, are technical conferences about information and you know trends. But it's also really, really social, like and I think I see you as like one of the social leaders in the, in the community. You're always at the events, you're always talking to people um, and, and you also mentioned uh, uh, status. so c- kind of give us the update on status, and also for the listeners who might not be familiar with what status is, uh, tell us tell us what status is and why we need it in 2021 and maybe what the, uh, the future roadmap of status looks like.
8: Absolutely. And uh, just circling back a little bit to to that social element, I think it's such a great way to actually experience crypto and meet so many people and get become aware of so many of the great projects that are um, that are in this space and so many people who have let's say attended conferences or hackathons remain in the ecosystem i know so many people who you know came in 2017 2018 and are now pretty big Uh, deals in the space, so absolutely very, very uh, a meritocracy um, kind of dynamic. Status-wise, it is a Web3 wallet, it is a chat, privacy first chat, censorship resistant and a Web3 browser. What that means is you have all of these incredibly powerful pieces in one application. And because we're mobile first, and this is very important from my perspective, it's that accessibility for people who may not be tied to their laptops, who may not have a laptop, right? There's so much digital access that happens via your mobile phone. And I personally believe that it is incredibly, incredibly important to have a powerful piece that can almost be the gateway to Ethereum because it does all of the things. Mm -hmm. Um, and so with our work, for instance, in Latin America, we see this a lot because their mobile use is the predominant access uh, to, to digital services. Uh, what we're working on, uh, and this is something that I'm uh, incredibly, incredibly uh, passionate about, is a communities feature that will essentially bring all of those three pieces into powering Web3 communities and having those crypto native flows as part of the experience. So as you'll know, right now, uh, Web3 communities exist on Web2 platforms and maybe they shouldn't. So um, I think again, having that stack and being able to provide that decentralized privacy first goodness with those crypto native flows, let's just power those Web3 communities with, with a Web3 stack. Obviously, there's so much to consider when you are building a censorship-resistant thing, and also enabling certain levels of moderation. But we're on the right track, and and hopefully we'll be able to share um, that with everybody very soon.
1: And uh, what parts about the uh, actual Status app is actually hooked into Ethereum? What parts of it actually touch the Ethereum blockchain? All of it. <laughs> And so like if i if i and so it's like it's a messaging app kind of like telegram and so like how how does that how does my message that i send to my friend how does that work with ethereum
8: so with the messenger obviously um you you get it stored locally right so it is on your phone and that's also why it's such an important piece from a privacy perspective because when you join the app you will see there's no phone number there's no email we ask nothing about your personal details. You get assigned a um, random three word name and then you can store uh, contacts locally so that I can know that it's you but I'm not divulging your identity to the rest of the network. So that plays a really, really important role, not only from the privacy perspective, but also from the, uh, you know, from the storage perspective, from where the uh, messages get stored, or how long they're stored for. Uh, that you can, we're now working on editing and deletion as well, which wasn't a feature before. But obviously, we recognize that those are incredibly important pieces uh, of the chat experience. And so, with all of those combined, I think we can really achieve that level of censorship resistant protocol, but levels and tooling for moderation at community level.
1: And that very much feels like a user's private key and public address, right? Like where you just are given the infrastructure you need without having to ask for permission, right? right. You're just kind of using that same model, but now we are extending this into like a, the more traditional app layer that people are used to. Uh, Simona, it's been fantastic talking to you. I have one last question that I think you are uniquely capable of answering. As the, how would you say, how would you illustrate the trend of crypto events? crypto events were very different in 2013, 14, 15, and then Ethereum came along in 2015 and it had its own trend or trajectory. How would you say that that they've changed into? What What, what is the arc of these crypto events? What are, How are they uh, changing over time?
8: I definitely feel there's a lot more substance um, that we're focusing on right now. And also if you look at everything that is happening even at ECC right now, there's a lot of activations and there's a lot of opportunities to engage with the applications. And I feel obviously we're now at a uh, at a stage where there's a lot of the applications are live, a lot of uh, usage and so on. So you are able to experience it much, in a much fuller way, I guess, versus listening to talks and oh, it's coming we have it now. And there's a lot of, um, I mean, I used to do this a lot with, um, you know, my previous role with the Bounties Network, do a lot of bounties for engagement. And now I'm seeing people really immersing themselves in those applications, in those activations, really getting a taste for what it is like to literally use Web3 applications now. And obviously see if we need to improve the UX, do this, do this, do this. But it is a process for almost for the community, by the community, right? And we all build together, we help each other out. And I think that's also a, an incredibly, incredibly powerful piece about Ethereum is that we are all in it together, right? And the tide lifts all boats and all of that. So it's an incredibly, incredibly collaborative uh, space, and I'm, I think we're going to see a lot more of those happening where we collaborate together, projects working together to create engagements. So yeah, I think a lot more immersion in the future.
1: I think what I've already seen in, in that same vein is, is we are seeing people talk about the next products rather than the first products, right? Stani from Ave comes out and says, I really think uh, credit delegation is like what's next for DeFi. After he's already, you know, deployed Ethlend and then turned it into Ave and already done all these other products, we're, we are now able to talk about, like, we already have this first generation of products that we're built on, what comes next? And all of a sudden we go from, like, an industry of speculation and, you know, what could be into what is and what is next. And I, and I think that's really just a, uh, an illustration of the maturity of this industry that, that we've come so far. Uh, so I, I'd love to give your uh, perspective on that, but also with a, as going back to the trajectory of crypto events over time, what about attendance? Are they getting bigger and bigger? And uh, what, what's attendance like over time?
8: I think one of the main things is potentially, yes, getting bigger, but also the bit, the piece that is most exciting for me is we're seeing more and more newcomers. Mm-hmm. And this is a trend that, for instance, uh, I've been judging ETH Global events, I think, since their inception, and it's a wonderful kind of way of keeping track of mm-hmm. just how many people are coming into the ecosystem. Because, I mean, the latest one, I think we had 45% were newcomers, wow. which is incredible. If you look back at 2019, I think we had 10%. Sure. So that for me is such a great signal that we are heading towards that adoption and heading towards the fact that more people are interested and they're coming to build and they're coming to you know, connect and they're coming to actually potentially uh, cross that bridge from web 2 and whatever it is that they're doing now to web3 and um you know the the future that we're all building together And so I think potentially getting bigger but I would say that's not necessarily the um you know the the metric that interests me is the how what is the um what's that audience profile? who is coming what are they doing and um you know seeing that that engagement from newcomers is perfect
1: i think the the combination of having a lot of newcomers plus a lot of products that we are already having delivered and talking about the next products that's a very different environment from like the crypto events of 2018 and, and 2017 where we have a lot of newcomers, but it's all, you know, ICOs and speculation on the future. So I, I hope that these new products that we're all talking about on stages and all these panels make all these newcomers, you know, stickier and they stick around. And hopefully we all see them at the future crypto events as well. And Simona, I hope I see you at the future <laughs> Ethereum uh, Ethereum events as well, and which I'm, I'm looking forward to going to all of them and I'm sure you are going to be there. So Simona, thank you for, for telling me your ETH story.
8: Thank you so much. And yeah, let's have a great week.
1: Hey guys, I'm here with Joseph DeLong of the SushiSwap protocol. And uh, Joseph just had a fantastic brand new announcement uh, that he debuted at here at ECC. Uh, And so you've probably already seen it by now because this podcast is coming out a few days later, but Joseph, for people that weren't able to watch you give your presentation, could you kind of give us the the elevator pitch of what SushiSwap just released? Sure. Um, We released a new
9: AMM called Trident and, um, And this, um, our our new AMM um, is actually uh, uh, built on top of BentoBox, our platform that allows you to um, have strategies on the underlying tokens. And so um, the tokens come in and applications like um, Kashi or Trident, which is our new AMM uh, on top, have access to a virtual balance. But um, so you can kind of like do your regular swaps, but underneath the actual underlying tokens are taken and exercised into a strategy. Um, and so you get extra yield for anything that you have deposited,
1: um, the, so, so that's like, uh, you have bento box, which is a place where applications come and deposit, uh, assets into bento box makes those assets be able to find yield in, in DeFi. Uh, and then Bento Box credits a certain application with uh, the amount it's deposited, right? So it's kind of like a referral system in a way. It goes back to, goes back to the
9: depositor. It's more like um, it's more similar to the banking system if you think of it like you go and you deposit your money in the bank, right? And then you have kind of like this balance. On, they don't have a shoebox that says um, David's money, right? They have they have kind of like um, one big shoebox, and then some of that money goes in, and and um, and gets kind of like lent or
1: or um, invested.
4: Yeah. it's very similar.
1: And so your uh, announcement actually goes even further than that. So tell us a little bit more about the, uh, the further changes to the SushiSwap protocol.
9: So we have four new pools. Um, first, we, uh, I think everybody's anticipating that we built a concentrated liquidity pool. Um, uh, and that's great for like kind of um, getting best prices on like blue chip assets, but it's more difficult for liquidity providers um, and we've kind of like built a whole new interface to make it very simple for LPs to, to stake and set their ranges. Um, the, the next part is uh, hybrid pools. Our hybrid pools are um, a stable swap pool where you're able to swap like-kind assets like USDT to USDC, um, RENBTC to WBTC, things that are similar that are going to hold a peg together. Um, uh, and those are permissionless and you can create any pool um, with assets of two going all the way up to 32 uh, different assets. Um, uh, the third pool type, we, we brought back our, our constant product pools with a 15% gas efficiency and then a 2x like capital efficiency um, because it's built on bento box. Um, it, our, our fourth pool are just weighted pools.
1: So this is uh, turning SushiSwap more from just you know, a fork off of Uniswap v 2 into something more of like a, a suite of services. Can you uh, here, uh, elaborate on just what do you think this means for the trend of where Sushi is going? It sounds like it's doing much more than what it was originally. So we had had
9: like our own like developments with Kashi and BentoBox and Miso, um, but we're still kind of like reliant on, um, you know, kind of like this fork legacy code. Um, and this kind of, I think symbolizes like sushi growing up, um, as a platform and long term, what you're going to see is you're going to see a platform where all these different services are integrated together and it's going to be a very, uh, friendly experience for, uh, users.
1: Very cool. And, and I think it's one of, uh, the, the greater Ethereum and DeFi's favorite stories to see sushi swap start as a fork of Uniswap V2 and then completely blossom into something brand new. Uh, who do you think in the, like, what's the average, uh, DeFi user that's really going to use, uh, this, these new services that you have, or is this more of a product for other applications? Where do you think these new, uh, swap products are really going to see traction? Well, I think we're going to see it from the, from the LPs. I think that,
9: um, uh, concentrated liquidity positions have proved themselves to give like best prices and that there are going to be active LPs. So we're going to try and capture some of that market. Um, as well as like continue using there. I think like each of these different pool types has like excels at a different type of um, uh, a token. Like for instance, um, concentrated liquidity positions are good for like DeFi blue chips and getting best prices. Um, our hybrid pools are good for um, uh, like stable swaps, like like kind assets, um, like really excel in those. Um, as and um, our, um, uh, our our, our um, our um, constant product pools, um, those are good for like kind of like long tail coins. And then like um, our weighted pools, those are also good for like long tail coins.
1: Yeah, So I'm definitely excited to see just what kind of the where this changes the trajectory of where Swap finds adoption. So but I would like to turn the conversation to some more broader ECC events uh, and, and topics of conversation. What uh, Do you have any, like, topics or, or panels or uh, speakers that you are really excited to hear from coming in to ECC? Oh, uh, there's that, like, uh, Geth day that they're
9: going to do, like, a rundown of Geth. I'm definitely very interested in that. We, um, you know, coming from a protocol background, as well as, like, needing to build better infrastructure for Sushi, I think that, like, The protocol infrastructure is just not there. And um, we need to build something like more robust to give us better data availability, I think.
1: And uh, overall, like, are you just stoked to be back at crypto conferences before ECC? Were you a big uh, crypto conference guy? And how is this ECC a little bit different than uh, the other conferences that you've been to? Totally. I mean,
9: like a lot of people like uh, dump on the conferences. I love them and I've always loved them. Um, right before lockdown happened, the place that I was with the ECC. And it felt like, like in hindsight, looking back, like, um, you know, like the, the Empire Strikes Back, it's kind of like the end of Empire Strikes Back and like everybody's getting COVID. Well, actually there's this like new, like mystery virus. Everybody's like a little bit scared of, everybody gets it at the conference. The future of DeFi is like, like people don't, like maybe recognize that, but the future of DeFi was uncertain at that time. And now we've come, you know, two years and the future is very certain and, um, and we're back, you know, um, and kind of like the world's recovering from this. You know.
1: Awesome. Joseph, well, ca- thank you for coming in and sharing your announcement with us. I'm sure Bankless listeners will go out and find more in the uh, proceeding announcements that come out of this conference. And also thank you for sharing your ECC experience. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So. All right, guys, I'm here with Jordi Bailina. Jordi is the founder of Hermes Network, correct? Yes, that's right. And uh, Jordi, we are here at ETHCC, which I'm really excited for. Uh, so tell me, what about ETHCC are you really excited about?
10: Yeah, it's uh, for me, ETHCC is a very, very special conference. Uh, personally, it's my favorite. Uh, it's my favorite conference for many reasons. Oh. Um, for example, uh, here is where we start the Ivan three project. That's the, the team that's doing the, 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 all the Hermes and so on. So we, we, we start together with my partners here. Paris is very close home. I'm from Barcelona. I'm living right now in Zug, but I'm, it's very close to Barcelona. So it's a very easy trip. And, uh, um, you know, the, the Paris, you know, I've been this weekend, for example, in Paris. And, and when you walk uh, in the streets of Paris, you start to feel very good, and 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 uh, you know, going to Paris for this conference, at least for me, it's 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 my feelings starts um, rising up and and very excited, and especially after the after the pandemic, you know, I'm so happy that this to be the first the first uh, conference, the first um, real you know real conference, the uh, conference in 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 place conference because. You know, it's this is special and it's like coming back a little bit to normality. I know that we are not still like full normality, but at least we have a conference, a real conference where with the speakers, with the people, uh, we miss we miss it and 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 I'm absolutely excited about the, about this conference and well yeah let's see how the, this week uh, this week works but uh, we are also presenting a lot of new stuff we have been working a lot during this pandemic and it's like okay let's let's just start over again let's 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 come up again so it's very excited. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's also my first time uh, in Paris and the energy in the city is like pretty, pretty nice to feel. And I also think it's pretty cool that the the crypto world, the Ethereum world, is really one of these first industries that's really planting its flag and saying, hey, we're going to do real life stuff again. So I'm also really happy that that events are picking up. Is this your first EC or have you gone to the other ones before? Yeah, I think I've been in all of them <laughs> since, the, since the, the beginning. Yeah. So it's not my first EC for sure. <laughs> So what about uh, this particular ECC are you particularly excited for? Are there any uh, speakers or panelists that, that are on the agenda that you are really interested in seeing?
10: Yeah, I think uh, personally, I'm I'm, I'm I'm very interested because there are a lot of projects, especially in layer two scalability. That's the main, of course, there are other topics, but probably if you ask me myself, this is the, the, the one that I'm more interested from. We are at this point where this technology is uh, available and we are, Engineering, we are building these um, scalability solutions. So I think it's going to be very interesting to listen all the projects how they are approaching these um, these these this these, these challenges uh, of scaling and bringing the blockchain technology to mainstream. Because this is it's not the only one, but probably is the most difficult piece that we are missing for bringing this technology to the to mainstream. So. Very excited to hear what other projects are doing, what uh, you know, researchers, different ideas, what's coming on, uh, what applications they are planning and building. It, it, I think it's going to be very interesting, um, at least in the context of this uh, scalability moment that we are living right now.
1: As we've been uh, speaking on the Bankless world, we keep talking about layer two summer, layer two summer. And we we have both Optimism and Arbitrum launching sometime in July. We just saw Uniswap go live on on Optimism. So let's actually dive into a little bit more about the the Hermes network, uh, because that's actually something that we haven't actually talked about as much on on the Bankless uh, podcast. Tell us a little bit about the Hermes network and, and where it fits in the whole L2 ecosystem.
10: Well, Hermes Network is a, a layer two rollup. It's a zkL2 rollup. It's not an optimist. It's l 2 rollup. It's uh, right now Hermes is for payments. You can do any kind of payments in layer two. Uh, uh, it it scales a lot. You know, right now uh, each each transaction can hold uh, two thousand transactions and. Uh, in Ethereum block, it fits 15 transactions. So actually, you know, the limit would be, the actual limit would be to have uh, 2,000 transactions per second, which is uh, two orders of magnitude more of what's Ethereum right now. And this is, you know, this is in mainnet. This is running. Uh, we launched at uh, mainnet on March. Uh, the smart contract already hold $30 million at, at, at certain point. So from the security perspective, we are, you know, we, we are getting this point that well, looks like, start being safe you know that you, these things you can never say that something is fully safe but well it looks it looks good on on these we got a lot of experience in, in scaling because scaling is not only the like the engine the main technology it's also you know you need to hold a lot of transactions you need to have a, a huge databases you need to have explorers that uh, holds all this information so we we got a lot of experience a lot of information there we are I uh, would say that from the Hermes' perspective, we are uh, fully decentralized uh, protocol. Mm, we are ramping up, ramping map and, and we need more transactions to to fully decentralize the protocol. But the protocol is designed to be decentralized, and we hope that uh, mm, slowly we are getting to this uh, decentralization point. And we are also very excited because the, if you see the cost per transaction, you know, for the verification of the proof and so on, we are the the by far we are the cheapest uh um roll up layer two solution ck roll ups uh, layer two solution solution uh in listing cost terms now the proof is very cheap and the smart contract is very optimized and we are very happy to be to be there and from here, we are very excited because we are—we are not stopping. We are doing a lot of—we uh, are growing the—the the network, and well, we are here in Paris. We will present the, the zk ZKBM It will be the next version of Hermes, where it's, where it's going to be possible to run the smart contracts and. Uh, transactions we are doing uh we are implementing the ethereum evm bytecode to bytecode uh uh so just implementing all the bytecodes of ethereum evm so you can you should be able to run any smart contract in 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 layer two in a rollup. and this is a project that we are working on and and fully committed we have other uh, projects that we're also building like a token swap uh service we are building also uh, instant payments a decentralized manner kind of payment channels on top of layer two it's going to be important also to to have uh, finalities uh, um, the, the, uh, you know to have better finality uh, times for you know for real-time projects uh, we want to expand Hermes uh, networks to many many communities many countries and start working also from the Wallets and developers and different exchange and integrating it. So we have a lot of work, still a lot of work to do. And but we are fully committed to to the project. And yeah, just that's 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 what we are doing.
1: So uh, often there's a little bit of confusion between the difference between like a side chain and an L2. So I just want to make the Bankless Nation completely, uh, you know, up to speed. Is Hermes Network is an L2 with zero compromises to the security and decentralization that Ethereum has, which is what we like when it comes to trustless technologies, but uh, differentiating itself from optimistic rollup technologies like Arbitrum and Optimism, uh, Hermes is a ZK rollup, which has some interesting different properties uh, that uh, the the optimistic rollup side of things don't have. Can you kind of just illustrate and elaborate on what those are and how that kind of changes what Hermes network is?
10: Yeah, well, a layer two solution, the idea is that uh, there is a transaction. So it's a layer one transaction that actually packs uh, like many, uh, many transactions. So you have a state and then you say, okay, I'm going to process 2000 transactions. So you just put a new uh, uh, L1 transaction, saying, look, the new state, well, after processing all these transactions is this one. And then you, you, you just uh, send that. The difference between optimism and, and ZK uh, rollup is an optimism. Uh, the coordinator just say the new state, and it can be good or, 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 or wrong, I say valid or wrong. He says that the state people, uh, they have to check by themselves some way. And then there is a mechanism for challenging these steps. It's like, okay, if, if, if the coordinator have, a, have an invalid state, somebody can challenge that state. And if he's not able to prove that this is a valid state, maybe they there is some collateral that the coordinator will lose or things like that this is the, the idea of optimi, op, optimism uh, rollups uh ziki rollups are um, different so you, you you put the new state but you also put, put a cryptographic proof that this state is valid so you don't have to worry about the, the, all these uh, system if you see this valid it is okay it's it's validated in uh, on chain in the same smart contract uh, and that's it you know that's 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 uh, end of the end of the story you don't have to wait or uh, be sure that this uh, coordinator did something wrong and then you have like to go back and you enter to these gaming you know game theory uh, ideas Uh, the problem of zk rollups so the zk rollups for this is much better idea you just put just put the new state and you forget about that the problem of the zk rollups is that you have to compute this proof and this proof is not uh, easy to compute and you need a lot of computation resources to do that and this is the technology that actually is growing the one that we are working uh two years ago computing this proof was like crazy it was almost impossible i would say right now uh it's uh, the technology has improved a lot the, the even the mathematical algorithms has been improved a lot so this is being every time easier and also for example is for the zkVM. you know zkVM building a zkVM in optimism way it's i would say it's quite easy okay it's easier because you just validate the the virtual machine and, and that's it uh, building that in a, in a ZK roll-up where it's a little bit more complex because you need to build circuits that process programs. Mm, that. And this is more complex, but it's absolutely doable. And, you know, as I told you before, um, in Hermes, we will present and we will explain, I think, quite deeply from the technical perspective how we are going to build that. A little bit, we are going to show the details of uh, uh, what are the different pieces that we put, together to build this ZK roll-up, and we will prove that that this is absolutely possible and not only that that's uh, we are going to prove also uh, that we can do it uh, without changing the EBM the protocol without changing the, the ecosystem and this is the to be the new thing that we will present here in the in the SEC
1: Fantastic. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that different construction coming out. And, and importantly, I think the the first difference I think people will experience if they were to use Hermes Network is that those withdrawals out of the layer two doesn't have that seven day withdrawal period. That's correct, right?
10: Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, withdrawing the um, withdrawing Hermes is just a layer one transactions, and you just uh, withdraw. Mm-hmm. And for example, one of the things that's interesting in Hermes is that. Uh, you have it. We call it the force withdrawal. So, uh, the coordinator can never lock up your 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 phones. You know, if you want to withdraw your phones, you can always have a, do a layer one transactions, and you will also recover the the the, the, the phones. This is we're trying to follow the principles of censorship resistance, and 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 this is, for example, one of the properties uh, and, uh, of Hermes. And yeah, it's, it's immediate. You know, just do the, the withdrawal and. Like a normal transaction, it's a little bit expensive because we We need to prove that money is inside, so it's a little bit uh, expensive transaction in gas terms, but um, not that much. You know, it's just you can you can recover the funds and yeah, that's it.
1: And of course, it's more important that you actually have the option to do that rather than actually needing to do that. Having the option is important. Jordy, when uh, ECC is over and you go around in touring Paris, do you have any Paris plans?
10: Any sorry, any uh, any Paris plans? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well, I've been this week, as I told you, I've been this weekend already in Paris. So uh, after the ACC, I'm 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 going back to Barcelona in this case. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed Paris during this weekend. And as I told you, it's amazing. you know my I, I charge myself a mm-hmm. lot just being a, a around Paris for this uh, weekend. and yeah, hoping for the next year', you know, for the next year to 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 continue this uh, amazing um, conference.
1: Well, Jordy, thank you for stepping away for the conference for a moment and coming and talking about Hermes Network to the Bankless Nation. So cheers, and I hope you have fun. Thank you very much. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the video. If you did, head over to Bankless HQ right now to develop your crypto investing skills and learn how to free yourself from banks and gain your financial independence. We recommend joining our daily newsletter, podcast and community as a Bankless Premium subscriber to get the most out of your Bankless experience. You'll get access to our market analysis, our alpha leaks, and exclusive content, and even the Bankless token for airdrops, raffles, and unlocks. If you're interested in crypto, the Bankless community is where you want to be. Click the link in the description to become a Bankless Premium subscriber today. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel for in-depth interviews with industry leaders, Ask Me anything, and weekly roll-ups where we summarize the week in crypto and other fantastic content. Thanks everyone for watching and being on the journey as we build out the Bankless Nation.